This is our Rant EM Radio special presentation. My fault. I apologize for that. But we are live. It is Tuesday night. It's not the rant. So if you're tuning in to hear the rant, well, don't tune out. We're still on the air. It's WrestleMania week, people. And our marathon is on day number two of ten. And today, well, we've got a good one in store for you. It's the Rant Am Radio Roundtable of the 35th anniversary of WrestleMania 3. Can you believe it? 35 years have passed since that big event in Detroit. Man, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the impacts that it had on the industry and things like that. And it's such a big night. My God. Of course, I am AA as always. Being joined by the usual panel here on the rant. Well, not the rant, but here on Tuesday nights. Tony C. Hey, yo. We're also being joined by the Silver One himself. The man who felt like he was there in the Silver Dome. And, of course, this show is so big, so massive. We felt that we needed another voice. And with that, we say hello to Mr. Friday Night, Mr. Philip J. Rea. Don't believe what he says. It's not G. I checked his birth certificate. It was a typo. His mom meant to put J. It's Phil. Your sister's a typo. It's a good thing I don't have a sister. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you for the hot tag. What's up, gentlemen? Hey, good morning, man. Good, what's going on? What did you say, sir? I don't have to leave Phil alone. He signed on the dotted line. It says I'm allowed to call him Philip J. As long as he's on right. this network. Just, to you like, just like you, eons ago, you signed on the dotted line that I'm allowed to call you a cheapskate. You're mocking me. I didn't say I was the boss of you. I just said I can call you a cheapskate. Can you guys hear me okay? I got Hammer's uh, headset on. 
being lazy, I'll fuck up with another system. Oh, you, you sound yeah, we, clear. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. You sound clearer than certain Philadelphians, but yeah. God damn. I hope those certain people come Thursday are prepared because there's a lot for them to talk about now. More on that on yeah. Thursday. But, um, but yes, we're in the thick of things. It's our marathon. I'm enjoying a good turkey burger because I'm on a diet. And um, I picked a hell of a week to go on a diet. Man. Yeah. It's okay. I'm having, a, I'm having a delicious turkey burger right now. One of the best turkey burgers I've ever had in my life. So thank you, BJ's uh, Restaurant, for that. Oxymoron. It's a turkey burger. I would have said beyond if it was beyond. Not the, it's a step away. Oh, no, no, no. To me, it's a step away. No, 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 no. A beyond can't compare to the deliciousness and how juicy that this turkey... This turkey burger is so delicious. I mean, let me let me take one more bite here. Let's see if you can hear the squish. Mmm. It's got some sort of vinaigrette on it. You know what tastes good as a burger to me? A burger. Says the man who uh, who eats a meat who eats meat between meat. bread with no condiments. Spreadable hey, chicken. I eat ketchup on my um, I eat ketchup on my burgers. This is why chicken. this is why whenever we talk about sandwiches on this show, or any show for that matter. And he dis- no, he's disqualified. Thank you, because he comes in here and he says, we could be talking about steak sandwiches. We could be talking about hoagies. And he'll say, well, that's not a real hoagie. That's not a real steak sandwich. Coming from a man that all he has on his sandwich is protein and bread. I'm a phone man. Coming from a man who said, "Why would I buy five dollar footlongs these days? Why well, I could just make get a spreadable chicken? Exactly. And bring me a sack of sandwiches uh-huh. every day." He said that. No, that was not why I didn't go out and buy sandwiches. You danced around every scenario that we gave you that day. Yeah, you said a spreadable chicken spread sandwich is more cost efficient. Uh-huh. No. For where he was going, that probably was the case, because if he was coming to Manhattan, which is the most expensive borough, you'll pay 3 to $5 more for something that you'll pay less than in Queens or Brooklyn, Phil, Staten Island. Phil, this was during the era of the $5 it football. Was not, it was not about the price. It was about leaving... The, the um, building to go find something to eat. And no, 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 no. And we asked you, we asked you, oh. we asked you, why wouldn't you buy a subway the day before or while on the way? First, you said, well, there's no subways open at six o'clock in the morning. Okay, down here there are, by the way. But then we said, buy it the day before, and you even danced around that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to buy a subway the day before a Saturday when I spent all day Friday 
at the con and all day Thursday at the con. Then you should have gotten a sub all day Wednesday. At least one of the days. Take- and you gotta remember, Double A, he wasn't staying in a hotel with a microwave, so. <laughs> He was coming back, tricking back and forth. Either dating. way, either way, a man who 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 dies by the sword of a Philly cheesesteak that doesn't eat cheese on his cheesesteak cannot tell me that that's a real cheesesteak. I don't call my famous. I don't most call famous my lie. You I call yours a steak sandwich, I know. <laughs> I can listen. Listen, I grew up in Miami <laughs> where steak sandwiches are king, okay? Shit. <laughs> I'm for surfing. <laughs> the name <laughs> Top Ramen in it. God, that is quite. When, when I'm getting in there at 3 o'clock and I got to get in the house at midnight. And I gotta get back up at three o'clock. I find it more cumbersome to get home after a long day of traveling to have to put together your chicken spread. That's that's all I have to say about that. And for those of you that are listening to this show for the first time, okay, because we're not gonna dwell on this for, for however long we're on the air. Go back into the archives about eight years ago when he when we went into this harangue about Surfer and the chicken spread because it's one of those legends that you know will never die. But um, but yes, this man will fight to his dying breath that he made the right decision for a variety was of things. Was it Lee involved in this too? Yes, he in was. He called. Okay. He Great. called in. Uh, you know, there was a lot of people involved in the discussion, but Lee called in. <laughs> and couldn't stop laughing because we started questioning the type of bread. And I think it was the bread that set him off. But but still, the point is, here's a man that on his business card says, Silver Surfer, podcaster, sandwich expert. And he's neither. So, extraordinaire. <laughs> extraordinaire. So, anyway. anyways... So we're working. I, I got no. I got nothing but love for surfer, man. No, so do I. I got nothing but love for surfer. I got to get up at three in the morning to catch the bus back to the time. Well, surfer, why you stay in the hotel? If you gonna foot the bill for me to stay. <laughs> Yo, it's pricey out here, man. It's pricey out here. <laughs> I mean, but if you know ahead of time, hey, oh yeah, no, yeah, you save up for it, yeah, of course, of course, I understand. Not only save up, man, you don't have to put nothing down for a hotel room in advance. So I book my hotels a year in advance sometimes. You most certainly well, did. I, well, I did it with you a year in advance one time. Well, <laughs> you know, you're in the tourism industry, so you you've got the ins. But I mean, still, what I got? What I got to do at the end? Nothing. I mean, I know how much I got to bring. When I, I make sure I have in the bank. Ain't got nothing to do with the listen, end per se. We, I've been listen. I'm the one here on this on this call that has been dealing with surfer the longest. And uh, listen, over fifth, almost fifteen years, I've heard everything. Okay, everything. I chose, I chose to spend my money at the con. Okay. Uh, did you buy anything at the con? Versus what, versus also what Did you buy anything at the con? That's the question. Man. 
Okay. I need souvenirs. Damn, was sleeping somewhere. Tony C. I, I went to I went to WrestleMania in Orlando, but I didn't do anything else. I only spent my money at WrestleMania. The hell with the food in Orlando. I brought all my food from Miami because I couldn't find those things in in Orlando. No sir for living that merch life, baby. That merch he life. <laughs> when we finally put together the first ever annual Rant EM Con a summit, summit. Yeah, yeah. summit. Yeah, man. I'm not coming. You're not coming. You <laughs> sir, for, if I had a pay for you, you get your big black ass down there, man. Sir, you know you're coming satellite. down. You said that. Why, why I gotta be black? Listen, because you are. Listen, when when we started this network, I, I, let me let me let me tell this story, and we're gonna get into WrestleMania in a second because I know there's people dying out there to hear this discussion about WrestleMania three. And hello to the chat room, Matt Squires and Shaylin are in there. But let me yeah. let me let me tell you something. Okay. When we started this network <laughs> back in uh, 2013, sandwiches, sodas, and sachets. Exactly. Oh man, man. Triple S. Oh, we need to. Is, is, well, he's all about the. Well, he's all about the satchel and all about the sandwich. All about the all about the sandwich and how you eat it. <laughs> exactly. And so you, it's all about the spread and how you spread it. When 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 we when we started this network in May of 2013, the other network from where I came from, shortly thereafter, had like a mini con in St. Louis. And it was a big cluster and, you know, whatever. I have a feeling that even though that whatever, if we ever congregate together in the same room, because I've seen it already at Phil's place a few times where, you know, the takeover club congregates, you know, the Domingos, Choppy, you know, yeah. everybody and their mother, Nick German's been a part of it a few times. Uh, Mr. Ray or Mr. X, sorry, Mr. X. He's yep. been a part of it. It's been a big cluster, but it's also been entertaining as hell. I have a feeling when we finally all congregate and, and get together, the first thing all of us are going to want to do is just watch Surfer for a period of time. Just watch him. Just, just stare at him. Oh, no, trust me, Surfer. I, I, think, I think that's going to be entertaining right there. Just... It's going to be the all surfer panel, but it's only going to be us. We're going to be we're going to be the audience. And no, no, one else, no one else is allowed to make fun of surfer. Just us, man. Just us, exactly. The audience. Can't he's, do it. he's our big. He's our big brother, man. You know, no one else does that but us. Uh-huh. Me, pers- <laughs> me personally, I think we should possibly think about doing a rant summit for WrestleMania Forty. Forty. Because it's three 40, years. Because it's a nice round or two number. Years to plan, yeah. That's two years away. Two years. Two years away. That'll That's be, not bad. That'll be out, WrestleMania. I believe okay. it's in. Uh, uh, where's that WrestleMania? I think it's in. Um, Don't matter. We'll go to Orlando anyway. I think it's, I think, I think it's in Las Vegas. <laughs> you know I'm go to Florida. I don't give a shit where WrestleMania is going to be. So you, we want to put it on a, a summit here in Florida. Why not? It's it's almost. I mean, we're all in the Northeast except for a couple of us. But we were. We almost did it. 
Yeah, we, we did. We almost did it. Yeah, man. We were all like I in the know. same. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I that's me and Tony C did the show live from the hotel. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, and yeah, that was um, that was. I gotta um, tell you, as as entertaining as the show and everything of WrestleMania was, I think that the three or four hours I spent with Tony C, you know, after the show because we hung out. And we were goofing on everything, from wrestling to Power Rangers to this to that, while stuffing our face with pizza, while the wives were off commiserating at some other end of the room. It was more entertaining, probably, than what I did the entire weekend. So I have a feeling that if we all get together and do something very similar, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a happening. Which, by the way, Gorilla Monsoon, I know you're dead. You said that way too many times during WrestleMania three. I noticed that. Uh, after watching yes, the event again today, will you stop? Will you stop? Will you stop? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, I'm just throwing the idea out there, you know what I'm saying? Because it is, you know, a couple years away. What? That's 2024. Mm-hmm. I think that should, that could be, should be doable mm-hmm. with enough, giving everybody enough notice. Even yeah, even exactly. people who don't live on the, on the, on this coast, man. We just we get right. some people. We yeah, we got people in the Midwest. We got people in the on the West Coast. We got, we got big tone. We, yeah, we got big tone on the West Coast. We got Matt. Yeah, big tone. And, and, Matt, and Chucky yeah. Larry. We got a whole bunch of heads over in the yeah. West Coast. And now that the Steiners, yeah, now that the Steiners are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think we should all have dinner at Shoney's. So <laughs> if you can find one down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. That'll be it. That's a that's a, a mission in its own. Yeah, um, I'm bringing Hammer, so him and Tony C can go back to the, to that, the crab shack. That place is closed. Right. That place is long gone. So I'm throwing the idea out there, man. WrestleMania 40. I think that should, I think we should shoot for a rant em rant em summit. summit. Yep. We get t-shirts, You know, yeah. I mean. Just throwing an idea out there, you know. I'm on board. And Matt Squire, oh, you know, just to let you guys know. And if we need a set built, Matt Squires, you'll be the one we call. <laughs> so we, we, we're throwing the idea. We're gonna. We got time to, you know, kind of. I I, I want to know what you guys think, you know, like moving forward. And, you know, and, and, and everybody else, get all the on-air personalities are. are the all the, we'll get them down there. We'll get them yeah, down there. Everybody's welcome. All the on-air personalities, Choppy included, as long as he doesn't have any more kids. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. true. Choppy, yeah, he's got a little baby factory going on over yeah. there. Um, so. but, uh, but yeah, so it'll be, it'll be very interesting. And the listeners, you're welcome too. So, Shaylin, all the listeners, everybody, you're welcome to come to Orlando with us. And, and we can oh, all, man. we can all, Party. we can all fawn over Surfer as he tells us his life story, his journey. Satchelmania run wild. Uh huh. And the thing about it, Double A, I think we if we do it, we gotta cong- we congregate and we keep the feed open. So not only oh, show, it's just whatever the conversations is, you know what I'm saying? 
That type of thing. Oh yeah, well we'll just it's a hot mic the whole night. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. we can just record stuff and upload it every time we go somewhere, you and know. We'll we'll put Radio, a we'll put audio, a we'll, it's be insane. We'll put a stationary oh. camera and just flick the switch and leave it on all day on YouTube and, and Facebook and things like that. Sing something got, like that. Yeah, Jay Jay got Jay got us one of those GoPros. We can bring that down there. See what I'm saying? See we, this thing can be uh, Epic. Uh, a great Great, I'm, and it don't have to be yearly. You know what I'm saying? It could be bi yearly, really. You know, every other year or something like that. I know you're listening. Con- see how the first one goes. Con- yeah, see how the first right. one goes. Conrad, I know oh, you're 40. listening. You stole the idea from us because we thought about this years ago before you invented that yeah. stupid Starcast. Yeah, we ain't charging people either to hang out with us. Yeah, right. Peace. Right. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, Conrad. <laughs> exactly. So three hundred dollars. Eat a bag of fried dicks. Three hundred dollars. Anyway, I'm sorry, Tony. Go ahead. No, no, we good, man. I'm just so I'm just throwing the idea out there, man. So and we got time. Two years. Yes, absolutely. Save your shillings, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, let's get let's get into the crux of things. Now, of course, as I said. WrestleMania week is upon us. The marathon is underway. Yesterday, the should that we kicked off with the Shining Wizards. We're here on the air now with the WrestleMania thirty or WrestleMania three roundtable tomorrow. Mark Order podcast ten fifteen following AEW Dynamite Thursday. Big day around here. The rant at ten o'clock live for one hour. Then at eleven, it's the return of the What Are You Reading comic book show. At 11 p.m. live, one night only. And I'm sure after the fiasco of the weekend at the Oscars, a certain silver one has plenty to talk about. So, this is Thursday, right? Thursday? No, it's it's next Saturday. (laughs) Anyways, Thursday, 11 o'clock, live. Then at I I can't make it next Saturday. Then on third, then on Friday, Turnbuckle Throwbacks will be live uh, at probably around seven p.m. with uh, with their normal Friday show, and of course the throwback this week is WrestleMania Eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, WrestleMania Eight, and of course the person who picked it can't come because he's got to go to the circus with his with his, with his uh, baby mama. Um, <laughs> not Choppy, the other one. Okay. So, yeah, so we're gonna it's me and Chopster on Friday. Gonna chop it up, no pun intended. WrestleMania eight, and so, then and then, and then we will be back on the air. We being myself and whoever else wants to come on with a post show at the conclusion of the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Looks like it's going to be around twelve, twelve thirty um, at night, Friday night. Friday night. Then on Saturday. You can get a replay at 9 a.m. of the Shining Wizards for Monday. The live programming kicks off at 12 noon with the Stand and Deliver pre-show for one hour. Uh, then Stand and Deliver's at 1 p.m. on Peacock. We come back on the air at 4 p.m. with the rant. WrestleMania pre-show night one. Then come back on the air at the conclusion of night one with a post-show recapping what ha- what went down. Then on Sunday, WrestleMania Radio kicks kicks the day off at 8 o'clock in the morning. That'll take you to 1 p.m. <clears throat> with another Rant AM Radio special, ROH, 20 years later. Then at 4, Phil and the gang, they'll be live with Night 2, the pre-show for WrestleMania. And, of course, 
all that turnbuckle throwiness that happens on Friday nights, they'll be on on Sunday afternoon. Then, at the conclusion of night two, we'll be back on the air, recapping the entire festivities, the entire weekend, the entire event. Who knows? We might have an undisputed WWE Universal World Heavyweight Champion. I don't know what they're going to call it. We'll see. And then on Monday, the marathon replays in its entirety, beginning at 6 o'clock in the morning. The Shining Wizards at 6.45 will be live. The Rant returns to its normal time slot next Tuesday at 9 o'clock. And then the marathon closes out next Wednesday with the Mark Order podcast live following AEW Dynamite. Well, with that said, let's get right into it. So, WrestleMania 3, 35 years ago, Pontiac, Michigan. 93,173 fans was the official uh, tally. Of course, those numbers, they've been uh, disputed for the last three decades. The building was full. Between 78,000 and 93,000, huh? I don't know. I mean, it looked like there was 93,000 people there. I know, right? And the the Lions were playing there at that time, right? I think they were. Yeah, the Lions were playing in that building. That's right. The Pistons were playing in that building for a period of time. No, Pistons didn't. No, Pistons played at the um, Auburn Palace. The Palace wasn't there yet, though. Oh, no? Yeah. In 87? Uh-uh. Oh. The Pistons. I'll tell you right now. It might have been 88, or it could have been. The pit, the Palace might have just gotten there in 87, because I remember in... The, the Pistons yeah, played at the Silverdome for 10 years. I thought the Pistons shared the, the Joe Lewis with the Red Wings before they got the Auburn Palace. I'm looking I'm looking at it right here. Uh, the they Pistons, played in the Silverdome they for played, a little while. 10 years they played in the Silverdome. Oh my right. God, that Nikita Lions. Mm. Look at her. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. God, she can so get it. I'm yep. sorry, she's, yeah, no, she's no goddamn, uh, what's my rose chick? Yeah, goddamn. Mandy Rose. No. But, um, yeah. but WrestleMania does not hold, WrestleMania does not hold the record at the Silverdome. Final four, right? Nope. No? Something a little bit bigger. Super Bowl. Nope. Super Bowl. Nope. Uh, the dog show. <laughs> the dog show. No. You guys are thinking out of out of you. You're way off uh, your line of thinking. You're not talking about the uh, final four. Are you? Nope. So she's just gonna come out here with no draws on. That's what doing. The Pope. The Pope held a mass at the Silver Dome on September eighteenth, ninety three thousand six eighty two. Beat WrestleMania by five hundred people. The, nah, the Pope squeezed right. 500 extra people in there. What beat? Yes, what beat right. what was it? The Pope. The Pope. The Pope. The Pope. Anyways. The Pope. Yeah. That building, by the way, doesn't yeah. exist anymore. They tore it down finally. Yeah. They finally tore the damn thing down recently. It was probably in the last... I don't know. Thirteen months, they finally tore the building down. Yeah, the Silver Dome. The city got cheated out of uh, that building. Um, Michigan had these rules they could put in uh, managers instead of the uh, local government. 
and the manager was in charge of Detroit, sold the thing for like half a million dollars. I know the best story to yeah. Now, do you guys know the story of how they how WWE ended up in the Silverdome? No. The, no. the alleged story. No, D'Angelo Williams or the not that. No, not uh, D'Angelo De Niro did not sell out the Silverdome match. <laughs> um, wrong Pope. Um, so if I remember correctly if I remember my you know my history uh, it was like four weeks before Wrestlemania and they had not settled on a building yet and Vince I guess he had sent some scouts out to find a building I don't remember who it was, but I think it was uh, may have been Gerald Briscoe, Patterson or Briscoe. It was one of the two. There was only two of them. Yeah, and, and he and he called back to Vince. Vince, we got a stadium in Michigan that we can use. And yeah. uh, and he goes, okay. And he goes. The problem is, it's it's a massive building. By the way, has anybody here on this call been to an event with that many people in it? That many people in it? Yeah. No. I think the no. closest was when I went to WrestleMania in Orlando, that there was seventy, I think seventy eight thousand people there. But that's a college football stadium, right? That you were at? Yeah. Yeah. All those, all those college football stadiums are big, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh yeah. Like I know Michigan, Ohio State, all those Big Ten schools have like a hundred, hundred ten thousand seat stadiums, right? Yeah, they hold at least ninety. That's crazy. I tell you though, I, I can only imagine what it must have been to be there at WrestleMania three in terms of just the volume of the crowd because in Orlando it was not only is it, because I don't you know every every city is different every layout of the building is different where they position the building in the city is different everywhere in Orlando it could not have been in the in the mo- any seedier part of town as it was in Orlando because you get out of the building and right across the street is a bunch of houses project. the projects live from the project you know what it is words I remember I remember I told Tony C I walked back I walked down the street and I walked over a couple of lights for my wife to pick me up, and he, you walked at night in that neighborhood down the street. They're like, "Yeah, what was wrong?" There was, there was like five thousand people with me when when I walked out there. But anyways, so they found the building. They told Vince, "Hey, Vince, it's a huge building, though." And Vince said, "Okay, we're gonna sell it out." He tells everybody, and they tell him he's crazy, he's nuts, he does, he's a lunatic, he's going to bankrupt the company. But he says, you know, we're going to sell it out with Andre and Hogan. Okay. Yeah. You know, we'll see. And I think, I think the building, they did have a legit sellout. I'm not, that part I'm not 100% sure of. It, lo- it just looked like it was sold out, man. I just watched it again today. Yeah. Like on the way home. Right. I mean, well, how many 
I mean, tickets with comp tickets. I, I can't imagine there being a lot of comp well, tickets, though. Well, let's say, let's say even like 10% of the gate was, was comped, hypothetically. That's still a lot of freaking people for that for that time, man. 10%, for 1987? 10% is only 10, is, is about 9,000 tickets. So. Right. I'm just saying, they're not going to give all those tickets away like that back, back in the day. You think a radio station was giving out tickets? Right, I'm saying like 10, maybe 20%. Like, even that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I even still, man, there's still a lot of cashola. Now, here's what, what baffles me. WWE... Just in tickets, only made up one point six million dollars in ticket sales. That tells How you much was the, the tickets were probably five bucks right. in those times. Nowadays, you can't go to WrestleMania for less than two hundred and fifty bucks. If you want to sit in a, in a close seat, yeah, why not? Not even. Even well, the nosebleeds are high. I paid seventy-five for my media seats up in the up in the upper deck in the Meadowlands. When was that? Years ago. Oh, a couple of years well, ago. Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Okay. Last one that was here. Did you went to WrestleMania? You went to WrestleMania thirty five or WrestleMania twenty nine? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. That's over. That. That's that's already ten years ago. Things were a little bit different still back then. They were not over exaggerating the 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 prices. Now they consider it the Super Bowl, so they they think they can sell those tickets at Super Bowl prices. I think if you want to sit ringside at WrestleMania, I think one ticket is five thousand dollars. Well, and I look at these uh, when I see these marks on TV at WrestleMania now, and I see them at rings. I'm like, you don't look like somebody that paid five thousand dollars for that ticket. Of course they did. You know. Hey, I don't think it would have ever got to this point if it wasn't for WrestleMania three. I agree. Because well, yeah. But before WrestleMania three. They wanted WrestleMania to be a big deal, but most people probably didn't see one. And pay-per-view wasn't the same when two came out. Not yet. But but you see, he 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 took a shot. He he took a shot with one, took all the bank from that, and then put it into two with the three locations. Yep. And set set the closed circuit thing off, like you know, with the movie theaters and all other stuff. But let me, let me, let you know? me, let me, I just, I just have to because, you know, I, every, everything in wrestling has an origin and it's, it's, no, it's very rare you have an original idea in wrestling anymore. First of all, WrestleMania would never have happened if it wasn't for the Crockett's and that everybody knows at this point. Two, WrestleMania two was only a carbon copy and an even bigger carbon copy of Starcade '85, which was in two locations. My favorite. Two of my favorite. So, um, Starcade '85 was in the was in the Greensboro Coliseum, and it was in the Omni in Atlanta. So, Vince just went off that idea. Four months later, five months later, whatever it was, and did the three arenas for WrestleMania two. Which, by the way, I watched a good portion of it last night. Just to get a feel of, you know, the differences between, you know, the years of 86, 87, and 88, because I started watching WrestleMania 4 before coming on the air here. And let me tell you something. The star power of WrestleMania 1 
was all based off the matches involving Mr. T, Cindy Lauper, and things like that. And there wasn't that many, you know, oddball celebrities a part of WrestleMania 1. We get to WrestleMania 2, and G. Gordon Liddy is there. I posted a picture last night about that. And then Vince McMahon is calling the matches in New York with Susan St. James. I had to look online who Susan St. James was because I didn't know. She was married to what's-his-nuts. I had that to... Was a, that was, she was a sitcom actress, but she was married to the dude from NBC, right? Uh, I don't know, but I still had to look it up. I still had to... Who like. She was on uh, Kate and Alley and uh, Kate Alley, yeah, but but she with Jane Curtin. But who? But who's the who's the dude that Vince is cool with that got him into? Oh, that's Dick Ebersole. That's his, that was his wife, I believe. Let me let me Susan St. James. Let's look that up real quick. Yeah, she was a big no. She was a big deal back in the she day. She was, was, was that was Nassau Coliseum. That was the, the New York feed. She still is married to Dick Ebersole. She is right. Yeah, I thought so. So it's like, um, I'm like, who the hell is this woman? I mean, I knew who G. Gordon Liddy was. I know who Joan Rivers was, Elvira, uh, Ricky Schroeder. Um, I don't know who else they used. Um, Clara Barton. Who do they use? The, Clara Barton. Where's the beef? Oh, yeah, that's right. She was there. Um, there was a whole bunch of... Uh, Ozzy Osbourne was there. Uh, Dan Wright was. Tommy Lasorda. And, yep. uh, and, you know, who, who by the way, uh, no, not Tommy, who, who, somebody, oh, there was a ring announcer in, uh, in the Chicago portion of the event. And I'm only saying this because it would make Tony Z laugh. Had a, had a guffaw during the, uh, had a botch during the introductions of the women's match and called the fabulous Moolah the World Wrestling Federation champion. I don't know why I'm, I'm mentioning that, but Tony C. would, I know, would laugh about that. So, anyways, so, but yeah, so there was a lot of oddball celebrities, though, at WrestleMania 2. They shored up the oddball celebrities at WrestleMania 3, and there was it wasn't so many. Bob Uecker, Mary Hart, and I'm missing. Oh, um, well, Aretha Franklin. She sang "America's Beautiful," but uh, yeah, she killed it. But there was another celebrity here, and I'm forgetting who it was. You talking about WrestleMania three? I'm talking about WrestleMania three. There was another celebrity there. I'm, I'm you talking about Robin Leach? Rob, Robin no, Robin Leach was at four. four. Yeah, Leach was at four, right? Yeah, WrestleMania four, and I don't know why. Because of lifestyle, the Richard famous. The crook, Alice Cooper. The there you go, Alice Cooper. <laughs> Bob Uecker, Mary Hart, and Alice Cooper. So there you go. Um, so the, they short up, they short up the celebrities, and i not so much Mary Hart, but Bob Uecker fits at WrestleMania. You know, Uecker was a fan. Yeah, and. And Euchre was inducted into the Hall of Fame, into the WWE Hall of Fame a few years ago, if you remember. Yeah, he's a fan. He loved, he loved wrestling. Mary Hunt was the equivalent of uh, Maria Menounos. Uh, Correct. So. Good good point, sir. For a very good point. She was. She was everything back then. Like yeah, that. but Maria Menounos is a lot better than Mary Hart. 
had one of the biggest shows on TV at that time. And see him tonight, man. Big deal. I know it yep. was. With uh, John <laughs> Tesh. <laughs> do, 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 do. I couldn't tell you who owes that show now. Oh no. John Tesh used to be on entertainment That's what I said, yeah. John Tesh. Yup. Do you know he's from Hotel? I think so. Honey Selica? I know he did the NBA on NBC song. That's the only thing I know him for. Oh. Yeah, I think he married the chick, the chick from the Greatest American Hero and Hotel. God damn. Yeah, she she can she can get it too. She could get it on the house. Yep. Believe it or not, it's just my me. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out though. So, hey man, shout out to John Tish, man. He should have been there. Oh, he hadn't hit it big yet. My Not bad. yet. My uh, NBC yeah, didn't big. start using his music just yet. So, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I, I, I just, this is now off subject. It threw me for a loop the other day when I saw college basketball on Fox using that song. Yeah, so it is. Yep. So, using it for the last, oh, what, a couple, three years? I found it very weird. But anyways, okay. Shout out to this other Uso brother up here, man. So. They don't do twin magic with the Uso one day. So they get all these people in the ring. They're in the building. They they sold out the building. Of course, it's 1987, so there's no such thing as pyro. And I mean, there was pyro, but very little of it at this time. And um, there was, the lighting was, it was, you could tell that they were short on time in setting up the building because there was no setup. It was an entrance, was a walk, was a, just a walkway, the ring, and that's it. Honestly, double A, if it was any other way, it wouldn't have worked the way of it course, did. Of course, I agree. I agree, but I, you know, I, sometimes I, I think like, well, the WWE was, you know, the standard of, of wrestling production back then. And um, they, still are. they still are, but um, but uh, but yeah, I, I just it was it was very uh, you know meager, very humble ambiance. You know they they let the crowd be the set. They let the crowd be the feel. I don't know about anybody else, but locally here it was it was advertised everywhere. You like, see, that I'm part talking I don't newspapers, uh, local news, t- TV guide. There was a billboard in I Brooklyn. It. I remember seeing a, in, on the. It was insane. Just now, I, I now I was five years old. Not even. This is March. I was four, going on five. So I'm too young to remember, you know, the build to WrestleMania three. Because on top of that, I'm from the South, so I watched NWA. Well, I but, say the bill for wait, 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 I was going, I was, I was going to go in somewhere with this though. Where was, oh, where was WrestleMania? Because I know Phil and Surfer, I know you guys remember. Where was the closed circuit held for WrestleMania in your town? So, Surfer, you go first. You go first. So, yeah, Surfer, where was the closed circuit for you? What for three? For three. Oh, for- 
No, but there was still was it still was no, you, a, no, you couldn't. It still was close. Yes, you could. It could be. Yeah, you could get it on pay per view. But the thing is, it was still pay per view was in its infancy, and so it was impossible to get. Yeah, we didn't have pay per view here. So where was? But I'm sure it was probably yeah. at the Spectrum or something. Yeah, the Spectrum used to have closed circuits. Once uh, pay per view came around, they stopped doing closed circuits. Phil, where and was movie it? Th- Movie theater? Movie well, no, of course not. Where was it in New York, Phil? All right, so it's a great segue because um, as you were texting me today, but let me you know what time the show is coming on. Mm-hmm. I was calling my mom to check in on her, and I had a reminder where she was 35 years ago today. It's a good, it's a great story. So there was two places vividly. It was Nassau Coliseum, mm-hmm. which at the time was still was too far from where I lived. And I was also 12 years old. I wasn't allowed to go by myself to Long Island which is like 30 miles away on a bus somewhere. And then the Ridgewood Grove Arena, which is a boxing arena, an old boxing arena where I grew up. Mm-hmm. My mom was a bartender at a catering hall <laughs> down the block from the Grove Arena. Follow her to work. I walked a mile with her. Just, I'm begging her for money. Can I, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? No, no, I don't have any money. I'm sorry. My grandma worked in the same catering hall as a, as a bathroom attendant. <laughs> she emptied her tip jar legitimately gave me the money just enough to get in and buy a program a uh, hundred hundred seats if that and they lowered the screen into a small boxing ring so it was in selected movie theaters but not probably like in near Times Square but locally it was here uh, in, in Queens uh, in Brooklyn Ridgewood Arena and then of course the Nassau Coliseum which had I think the Coliseum the old Coliseum the barn where the Islanders used to play I believe held between thirteen and sixteen thousand seats. I'm not mistaken. I'm not. I'm not doing this by memory. Right. Uh, but that's that was the big that was the big draw. If you want a close circuit, was the, the Coliseum. My friend Dave was there actually. We just talked about this morning. So yeah, yeah I, that was the two places over here. I'm sure. I'm sure in places like Chicago. I'm sure wherever WWE ran, um, the arena. You know, in those towns, that's probably where. The closed circuit was like I'm sure in Chicago they went to the Rosemont. I don't, I like, I couldn't tell you where they went in the South. You know, I doubt they went to the Omni in Atlanta, but I'm sure they did somewhere in Atlanta. You yeah, know? I'm sure they had it in the Garden too, but right. the Fell Forum, which was a small, the small little small arena next to inside the Garden, mm-hmm. uh, it's called something else now. They had like little, con- they have concerts there, and they had I saw an NXT card there a bunch of years ago, with Mega Powers. Uh-huh. But it's a small, it's a, and it's where they do like all the, the kids shows and stuff too for the holidays. Right. But it was called the Felt Forum, and that's where they had the boxing also. So that's probably where they had the, the screen too. Now, I've never watched anything closed circuit, so I don't know what that yeah. experience is like. It's basically just a, a, a it's like it's like going to the movies, except they they lowered the screen into the ring like they did for WrestleMania too. Right. After the car, after the after that segment was done. And they moved to the next segment. They just dropped the screen into the ring, and everybody watched the rest of the night. Like if you were in Nassau, you watched it from you know Chicago, and in Chicago watched it from L.A. You know, it's like that's how it worked. Um, it was just basically like a like like a movie. Yeah. Did you feel? Movies. But did you feel like that you were there? I'm sorry. Did you feel like you were there? 
I felt only because it was a, it was a boxing uh, it was a, it was almost like a boxing arena small gym like an arena, but it was smoky. It was just like it was like a small version of the garden, basically, like a, like a miniature version of Madison Square Garden. There was cigarette smoke and uh, the lights and uh, there was a that some guy doing ring announcing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just remember the, I was telling my mom this. I told my mom this. Like we actually got a little emotional when we were talking about it. I said I just remember the. You know, being sitting there and being—it's like being in the garden with the haze of smoke over your head. People were allowed to smoke still back then, you know. Um, but it was great. The crowd was into it. You only had a couple—I guess, at a hundred, two hundred, two hundred people were there. Not, not—it wasn't a big crowd at all. It was like going to an indie show almost. That kind of feel. But it had that 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 arena feel too because they had the lights were off and the screen was down and it was just—you know—it was. I just I don't know. It was one of those. Like a game changer for me, you know, as a kid, right. as a twelve-year-old kid, you know. Now, now I know that there was a lot of people. Um, I've heard the stories of different wrestlers in the industry, old timers that were working at that time, that they watched WrestleMania three, whether it's on pay per view or they went to a closed circuit, and um, they said that you know at the conclusion of the event oh my God, you know, I have a feeling the business is, is, you know, the territories that we know are going to die now because this this event was so big, there's no way that the territories are going to be able to compete with, yeah, with it this. Was the first time you saw it, like, all over the place. Right. Because everybody didn't see the, the first couple of star cases either. Man, forget all that, man. Why do y'all ain't tell me Adrian Adonis out there wrestling with big pink draws? Or <laughs> you know what? Hell, that dude was—he was so good in the ring, though. He could wear anything he wanted. He I was know. good, man. It was—it yeah. was, it was sad. He was, I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about that was, because was, number one, was, those pink drawers. By the way, hold on, those pink drawers carry. He, like yeah, they—he stayed with those pink drawers all the way till when he went to the AWA and unfortunately it was in, during his time in the AWA is when he died in that car accident but if Adrian Adonis would have survived a little bit longer like been around a little bit longer I had a feeling that he would have had a massive run at yep. some point if if he would have been able to shed the weight because he ballooned up after he uh, stopped working with um, with uh not not even so much Dick Slater, but when he stopped working with Jesse and Murdoch, he just blew up. Yeah, him and Murdoch, and then it was him and Jesse and EWA East West Connection. Yeah. He put out about 30, 40 pounds of just, uh, he was heavy by the time he put the pink draws on. Yeah. But he, he could work, man. That dude, he, he was he was one weight almost his whole career until he got to the, to mm-hmm. the gimmick. Yeah. He was like 250, 260 the entire way. When he was with Murdoch, and then he was with, uh, uh, I think he was with Ventura first, then Murdoch. Right. Um, I, but he, uh, that man in no pink drawers. I've heard a lot of people he, say. I've heard a he lot go, of. He go, he, no, he could work, man. You do your do your research. Did you know was a beast? I'm just saying, I ain't saying he couldn't. I'm just saying they sent that man out there in pink drawers. Yeah, the drawers were a little weird. Because he came with Adrian, they had him basically dressed up like a woman. 
Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, but, I know the flowers. So but, but the he thing, was gorgeous. Yeah, he was like gorgeous George 2.0, man. He was the precursor to gold dust. A lot yeah, of people. A lot of people. Gorgeous George was a good looking guy. That's true. That's true. Adonis was good looking. Adonis was good looking for probably over forty pounds and dyed his hair and wore makeup. You know, both are valid points. Both are valid points. The thing with Adrian, a lot of people have said this. Adrian was probably the only thing that held Adrian back was that he couldn't talk. Yeah. That was the only yeah. thing that held him back. You know, was crazy, that, his, his, his media promo was good, though. It was okay. I because by then, he prob- they probably pulled it out of him a little bit, but by then he had been wrestling, I don't know, God, maybe 15 years at that point. Double go on the go on the cock and look up. Um, I think it was Tuesday Night Titans. Uh, from, damn, from, man. From, from like from like the yeah. So we call it. We call it turtle throw match. Call it the cock. Anyway, yeah, no, <laughs> seriously, there's there's a, there's a skit. There's a skit with Adonis. He has to go. Yes, he's looking for Murdoch on Murdoch's farm in Texas, and he's. Just, I'm telling you, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. It's so good. And he can't talk, but he's got, you know, but him and Murdoch are hysterical together. He has to go back to, like, Texas and look for Murdoch to go on, on, his, on his farm. It's hysterical. Hold on. I think I may have found it here on YouTube here. Hold on. Man, I ain't messing with Phil, man. I'm telling you, man, the cock. The cock. This app is terrible, man. The app, you can't even navigate that shit, man. Man, you're I see me and Gene on a horse here. I know cabs. I'm out of gas. What would I get for a yellow cab? Where's Murdoch? There's only thing that grows in this place is dirt. What the hell am I doing out here? <laughs> cows? You know what I mean? Cows around here. Hey, nags. What I wouldn't get for a subway system now. New York City, this ain't daddy. Oh, man. Where are you, Dick Murdoch? Whoa. Where is that cab? What I wouldn't get for a cab? What grows out here? Who lives out here? Varmints? What? What is this? Come on. Where's the cab? Where's Murdoch? Come on. You gotta eat. The truck? Hey, 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 hey! Cabby! Hey, hey! 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 Come here! Come here! Hey! Hey, wait a minute! Hey, hey, I got... Hey! What? <laughs> Come here! Do you know where Dick... What do you mean I can't find my way in this good-for-nothing hay? Oh, finally! How do you expect me to sit here with all the chicken and the doo-doo? I don't get the back and the... What am I doing here? Hey. Okay, so yeah... Adrian in Texas looking for Dick Burdock. Tell me, it's, a, it's so funny, man. It's so yeah. funny. But yeah, Adonis, Adonis was way out of shape. Um, and this this gimmick helped him, though. Really, it really did help. It revived, it revived his career, actually. Yeah. Um, even though he was out of shape, he could still work. Um, and Piper was... I mean, we'll get into the matches, obviously, but Piper was a good compliment to him. Yeah. You know, that whole build was amazing with the flower shop and... Cowboy Bob Orton turns on Piper and becomes the bodyguard for the flower shop. He's got the pink. Yeah, got the pink cowboy. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep. And at the time, he was Team Morocco. Him and Morocco were a team, which they never stuck with them. I'm a little bit mad at that because he, he, they were good as a tag team. So, but... Y'all talking about the first match? No, we just talking we're, in general. We're talking about just the build. The build. The, the, the build, the Piper and Adonis. Yeah. Yeah. So... No, no, real quick, that way, I'm going to say. It was easier to have a six, nine-month build to WrestleMania when you didn't see things come on weekly to see the same thing over and over. Well, the last big event the WWE had prior to WrestleMania 3 was... <laughs> WrestleMania 2. So. No, but I'm just saying, like, it wasn't like every week on, on All Star Championship Wrestling or Superstar or Challenge, you just saw the same match over and no, over I know. and over. I know. And actually, this was uh, during the. Uh, the uh, Let me think here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Red Superstars and Wrestling Challenge had already started at this point. So, you know, this is this is of the era of the. This is the first big event of the sports entertainment era of the WWE. Yep. yep. And yep. Um, uh, there was Tuesday Night Titans and Primetime Wrestling. and There was All-Star Wrestling in some in some markets. All-American Wrestling was the big show all on American, USA. Sorry, yes, yeah. it's our All-American. That was the big show on USA Network on Sundays. Yes. Right, but we didn't have cable here. Yeah. I didn't have cable. We didn't have cable here in the Northeast, in this area, until 89, 90. And in me, I didn't. I think the first WWE program or WWF program I watched was All Star Wrestling, sometime in the late '80s. I don't remember exactly. Um, and then I, it was later on that I started watching Superstars. Superstars was on Sundays usually, and Wrestling Challenge was on Saturdays. But um, but nobody yeah. watched that. Watched that USA show prior to to. Uh... Monday Night Raw. I mean, that was their flagship show. That was their number. That was their main show. All American Wrestling. Nobody watched. I'm telling they tried so many different formats on USA. They couldn't get anybody to tune in. Not in the not in the in the first six years of the show. Yeah, nobody was watching. Ain't nobody watching. All American Wrestling. I mean, the one that was hosted by Gene Okerlund. Not the. We're not talking about prime time. I'm talking about when USA had wrestling, nobody gave a damn about it. They had two. On USA, there were three wrestling shows on at the same time. WWE had had Primetime, Tuesday Night Titans, and All-American Wrestling. I'm talking about the Monday show. That was Primetime. Yeah, nobody cared. No, really. Nobody cared. If nobody cared, it would not have stayed on as long as it did. Surface ain't nobody watched goddamn it. Nobody watched and watched and listened to Monsoon and Heenan for two hours on Monday night. Is what he's trying to say. So you saying Surface wrong, double A? I guess so. I guess so. Listen, the the Pimp Monday Night Live, they was promising live shows, and that's what got people. I watched All American Wrestling. I I should look them up. What oh, the primetime primetime and Tuesday Night Titans did a, did a really good job did a really good job of like they would take main events from house shows that you wouldn't see mm-hmm. you know like yep. you'd say hey we got Dino Bravo versus you know um I don't know Junkyard Dog from 
from Manchester, New Hampshire, you know, and it's like, all right, you know, and if if you are only there to see that, and you might you might be you might see it on TV in a couple of weeks, you know, you don't know. Bret Hart's title you know? first title win against Ric Flair in in Saskatoon, Tony C's favorite Canadian town, yep. yeah. happened on primetime wrestling. You gotta remember with Monday night, Monday night football came from ABC. Here we go again with that the football. <laughs> I get that that the. Football was the thing to watch on Monday nights. But if you were a wrestling fan, you watched all these shows. Listen, how many times have we talked on on here about, as a wrestling fan growing up in the 80s and 90s, we had all this program, and then there was a period of time that on Saturday and Sunday we had seven or eight shows to watch because WWE had four shows on the weekend, WCW had four shows on the weekend, and if you were, depending on where you lived, you may have an independent like ECW or, or a local territory that ran uh, TV in your market. You know, it was lunacy the amount of TV wrestling had yeah. over a course of a 48-hour yeah. period. Yeah, Monday, Monday Night Football always was a close third to the Monday Night Was. It's still, it's still a draw. Mm-hmm. It's still a draw. Yep. So. So, here we are. WrestleMania 3, the build-up, of course. I, do, I couldn't tell you watching any of the build-up and things like that, because number one, only a, f- a handful of those shows are actually available, whether it's on Peacock or on YouTube or whatever. But also, um, I got a good idea of what was going on just based on... Uh, watching WrestleMania three again for the first time in many years, that really only the top mm, three or four matches actually had a storyline. The rest of the undercard was just a hodgepodge of matches that were thrown together to fill out the card. And we're gonna get so, it. Some of them had storylines, though. Most of them had storylines, though. But you just didn't see them because you, you, you know, the WWF had a filler. I'm, I, well, no, the, I mean, the, fill, the filler was like Coco Beware and Butch Reed. Um, yeah, th- that was a filler. And Bundy and the Midgets, that was a that was a filler. I was just about to say that, like, I can't imagine that that being a storyline. They called it midgets. Sorry, all they called it. Wait a minute, it's very, it's it's correct. They said midget on the pay per view. I know. I'm just saying we. The Can Am connection versus uh, Bob Orton and Magnificent Morocco. That was a filler also. Rick Martel yeah, and Tom Zink. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Minnesota. Rest in peace. The original Z Man got that. Garbage. Hey, hey, hey! Vader would have never looked as good as he did at that Great American. Nineteen ninety, uh, Great American Bash. He fed that boy. And by the yeah, way, yeah, right. Nikki Bella, look like a million bucks. Nikki Bella, I'm glad you're excited to hear Vader tell speeches at the Hall of Fame. So, anyways, tell oh, stories. Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was most, most of the matches had builds to them, except for a couple. But so. but let's get right let's get right into the card. Of course, your commentators were Gorilla Monsoon and uh, and uh, Jesse Ventura. And, and let me let me say something about Gorilla Monsoon because Jesse 
Jesse's a good color commentator, but Monsoon. Monsoon is a good analyst. However, he repeats himself a lot. And I do mean a lot. I should have tabulated how many times he said that this was a happening. Because he probably said it 50 times over the course of a two and a half hour period. They may have won him He said it again at WrestleMania 4, and I'm sure if I go play WrestleMania 5, it's the same thing, and 6, and 7, and so on, and so on, and so on. Uh, I, you know, this was, I had a conversation with Jay the other day about, about nitpicking. Um, if the, if it wasn't good, I think the nitpicking is, 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 is um, is valid. Yeah. But this was so good, it was like, you know, for the time, who can, I mean, at that point, yeah, we see it now, 35 years later, but you, you're caught up at that point. You don't even know how many times he says it, or will you, he says, will you stop? How many times did he threaten Jesse or tell Jesse about his about his? How many times did he, did he remind Jesse that he had a tag team partner with Adrian Adonis? Like seventeen times, yep. you know. But you know, it's it's Gorilla Monsoon is one of those, and and Jim Ross will tell you that, Jerry Wall will tell you that. Like Gorilla Monsoon was, he set the standard for what you have now. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Joey, yeah, he was he was so good at what he did, and and he was and he fed off. Every partner he had, mm-hmm. like even Alfred Hayes, who's terrible, who's terrible on color yes. commentary, even at the house shows in the garden when they put him on, when they put him on cable. Uh, he, he had it was he was either him and Alfred or him and him and uh, Gene in Oakland. Oakland was a pretty good color commentary yes, he guy. Was. Yes, he was. You know, but you don't you don't get that very often because of what ha- you know how t- how it evolved. You know, you have to understand too, like all this stuff is in its infancy. You know, we take it all for granted now because it's so good now, you know. Right. But this was it. All, all this production shit and this closed circuit, pay-per-view, big crowds. This is like infancy, man. This is like the the, the, the start of it, you know. Absolutely. And and I gotta, I'm yeah. going to play something from WrestleMania 4 because uh, here's the thing. I was, I was, I had it on in the background, so I was kind of listening Monsoon said something that I had to go back and play it like three or four times, and now, of course, this damn thing doesn't want to play. But um, he said something, and I, I was thinking, I wish he would have talked more like this during WrestleMania three. It would have made the commentary so much more uh, entertaining. Um, it, it was good commentary, but it would have been it would have been so hilarious. Let me see here. It was during the. Um, Ricky Steamboat, um, Ricky Steamboat, Greg Valentine match. I watched that on Sunday. And let me see here. I'm gonna. I'm finding here because <laughs> Matt Squad just texted me. Pull up Art Donovan's call, and you'll take Monsoon any day. I was like, yeah, right. You lie. I was like, right. Oh man. I'm gonna find here this thing that. Uh, that uh, Monsoon said about Ricky Steamboat uh, when he took a bump because it was it was one of those things that let me see, I believe it's this here it is hold on now 
I had never heard that said before in my life until I heard until he said it there. Even Jesse was like, "What did you just say?" One more time. Let me play it one more time. Hold on. And then Jesse, don't, don't be jealous when no one else A and P in high school. And then you know, later, but later in the match, Jesse asked him to repeat it, and he did. And he said, "That's the little bump in the back of your head for you normal people out there." Right. So that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Welcome to Anatomy and Physiology, class one. There's two classes. That's right, baby. Break it down. Oh man! But anyway, he said he said the tone. He said it was. I'm sorry, though, but I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. It just it was so good. Like I, 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 I'm such a sap for this nostalgia shit. Obviously, gonna do a freaking podcast about it. But like, I just this is so good, man. Like I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. Carry on. It's all right. Carry on. Um. So yeah, it was. Uh, the commentary was good at times. They, we could definitely tell that technology was not uh, not up to par in those times because there were times that they had a color commentator on, and you know the color commentator sounded all the way over here like this, and um, you know sounded far away, and it just I don't know, but that's me nitpicking, and you know, picking I mean, flaws. Of solely in Joey Styles, you're only as good as your color commentator. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, no matter how good Jim Ross was, Lola was great. No matter how good Gorilla was, Jesse was great. Or Bobby was great. You know what I'm saying? It was like, or, or Tony Schiavone. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's the yin and the yang. You I, know what I'm saying? I, a lot of guys can do it by themselves, but it's not the same. I will say you know? this. After listening to this for the first time in many years and paying close attention to what they're saying, I'm convinced that Jesse Ventura really hates Vince McMahon. Because he kept saying that he loves working with with Monsoon, but he says I can't stand that McMahon. So I'm so glad I'm with you, Gorilla, not McMahon. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, the Can Am Connection, Rick Martel and Tom Zink, they defeated Bob Orton and the magnificent Morocco. Mister Fuji was uh, was uh, at ringside um, as their Morocco manager. Was so good, man. Oh, so yeah. good. Yes, he was. What does all that have in common? What is what now? All those matches on that card. What does it have in common? All the matches on the card. They have yeah, a lot. All the matches. They all have. Uh, almost all of them have managers. They all have managers. No, what not all of them. Not all of them. If you include a manager, if you include Elizabeth, they all had somebody. No, nope, not everyone. Not everyone. JYD didn't have a manager. Oh, okay. That's the only one. Coco Beware didn't have a manager. Hey, you know, that same year... No, 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 Butch Reed had a manager. I didn't say Butch Reed, I said Coco Beware. I didn't say every wrestler had a manager. I said every match had a manager down at the ringside. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. You know, did you you guys see the American Bandstand clip from that year with Ricky Sue Robinson and Junkyard Dog doing Grab Them Cakes? No. Oh, I think I may have seen it years ago, but it's I didn't see it recently. No. Yeah, I had to go back and watch it. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> then, uh, then the next match in the first of uh, many times that Bobby Heenan was out there. Bobby, by the way, this is this has gone on record. Jim Ross has told this story that um, after talking with Bobby Heenan, Bobby was and probably is still to this day the only manager to have been paid six figures for working an event. Oh, because of all the talent he had. He was paid, It was. he said it was north of six figures and that um, it really set up, you know, Bobby's quote-unquote uh, nest egg, his set retirement. the tone for everything, man. Yeah. Set the tone. So, I mean... Him and Jimmy, him and Jimmy Hart were caking it. I'm sure Jimmy got paid very well, but I don't think Jimmy got what Bobby got. No, There's no, no way no. in hell. Bobby had more. Bobby, Bobby did more. Bobby did more. Um, but yeah, I mean, managing and commentating. I mean, let, let's yeah. be real here. If it wasn't for Bobby Heenan, in general, okay, and, and Bobby had an effect in, in a lot of these matches. But if Bobby wasn't a part of the WWE and they turned Andre heel and Andre just was a heel without Bobby, would this event have been as big as it was? No, because Andre couldn't turn heel without Bobby being his manager. I mean, he brought more heat on to to Andre. Bobby still would have made cake, but he wouldn't have been as big. Yeah. 100%. 100%. The next match, as Bobby, because we're talking about Bobby, Billy Jerk Haynes. Billy Jerk. Uh, Billy Jerk Haynes. And Hercules the Hernandez. Yeah, wrestled Man, to a double count. Out. Who? Billy Jack and Hercules? I know Hercules, but wasn't Billy, Billy Jack a, a heel at one time? He may have been. Uh, I don't remember. Nah, he was. He was. He wrestled for Don Owens for for the NWA in Portland forever. That's why he was so wearing Vince, the Portland colors. Yeah, so when Vince started nitpick, when Vince started cherry picking, he just picked all the big chooches from every Fed, all the big dudes. Yeah. Ray Hernandez was from I think well, I don't know if he was in the NWA. Oh, I think he's uh, from Hercules. He was I in uh, Mid South, I think. I think he I looked that up. Um, but, but Billy Jack, I was never a fan of Billy Jack Haynes. Not very good. Not very good at all. He, he looked I, good. He looked good though. He he just wasn't very good at all. Looked like, he looked like a million bucks getting off the bus. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Or the cab. He's a, he, he he was a poor man's Lex Luger. You know, looked good, brainless. You know. Exactly. Wow. They uh they yep. their match yeah. their match <laughs> their match ended in a double count out. <laughs> But uh, the only reason why that match was entertaining, by the way, was Bobby Heenan. No, how about how about oh, yeah. the camera focusing on Billy Jack, Billy Jerk, as he's fucking juicing himself? I was like, come on, man, get the camera off of him! Oh my god! Nope, let y'all know I happened. <laughs> come on, man! Technology was best. Technology was terrible. You get that camera off of me. You literally, you watch him cut himself. Yep. Hercules looked like a million bucks too, man. God, listen, he doesn't get enough credit um, before he gets before they sold him like a slave. If you remember that gimmick, yes. Um, uh, oh, but but uh, he was. I'm telling you, he had such a career after WWF, but he had some high profile matches while he was there, though. Right. This was just the start. He had title matches. He was in tag teams. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good, man. I liked, I liked Hercules. Then... Yeah, that's you. That's you and Hogan. Yep, yeah, that's you and Hogan. I saw that at the Coliseum, actually. There was a whole thing about, you know, whether he could slap that, uh... Yeah. So you telling me Chris Masters got his gimmick from Hercules? Absolutely. Hundred yeah, no, percent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, Tony, Tony, you know, Tony, you know what a sick, a sick full Nelson, Ken Patera. Yeah, he was. Oh, dude, he would cripple dudes with his shit. Hold on. Take it over yeah. for one second, guys. Yeah, we talking yeah. about... People would go out fast once they got fucked there. Rob Jack is an old school Rob Terry. God damn, man. Rob Squire is for the win, baby. Rob Terry, bro. The whole purpose was that match. Was for uh, Hercules to use that chain. Yo, he cut that promo. When I pulled the chain down, I beat the with Zeus. I was like, "Yeah, Hercules cut the promo." Hercules, <laughs> and it's Billy Jerk, Oakland. It's Billy Jerk. He says Billy Jerk. <laughs> Man, y'all are too much, goddamn. <laughs> I'm just getting. Was Chico Santana was on this preview, right? Santana was in the first nine minutes. Yeah, okay, okay. I think he at, before Undertaker, he he had the record before Undertaker. Okay. Of be, being in the most manias. Yep. What Chico? Love Chico, man. Chico, Chico. was the goods. He man, was the goods, a, man. Man, he hit that flying elbow during his match. It was oh, hurt. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, I, I was telling, who was, we had a couple months ago, sir, we were talking about a match, the, the match with him and Savage, because it was the anniversary in February, yeah. and I was telling, I was, I was telling the boys, I was like, he could throw that anywhere, it was like watching ballet, man, he was graceful yeah. in the ring, Satana could go, his stuff with Valentine, Morocco, oh my god, so good, so Chico. good. Chico's still alive. Let me tell you, when 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 Steamboat and speaking of storylines, we'll get into Savage and Steamboat in a few minutes, obviously. But when Steamboat gets hurt, right? There's a there's an angle where the the night the night commentary was it super, no wrestling challenge or super I think with, with Vince McMahon and Bruno. Bruno gets goes after Savage after Savage does the Larnix That's, thing. Yep. That was you piece, he goes you piece of slime and he slaps him no, and he breaks up. Slime. Then, exactly. Bruno's the, one of Bruno's match, last times. He was the match though. It was a steel cage match in the garden. It was Santana and Bruno against Adonis and Savage. It was amazing, amazing. The following: Ricky Steamboat has been taken to the hospital by ambulance. He was in agony. His breathing is terrible. Even though he had this tube down his throat, all of his friends were back here. We're waiting for further news, further report. It, it, it was one of the most devastating things I've ever seen. No excuse in the world for it. There was no reason by this slime, the so-called jacket, oh, to have... Bro, yeah, what's the update? Tell me, man. Are you happy about it? See the hot dog to the hospital yet, huh? He put some mustard on him right now, get him all set up for the champion right there. Oh, huh. I'm so proud of myself. You I'm... piece of slime, you're happy about it? 
Yo, 55-year-old bird did no wrong, man. No, of course. You know what? I watched, if you go on Peacock, there's a table for three with um, with with um, Stan Hansen, Larry Zabisco, and Bob Backlund. Man, come on, man. And, and the thing is, they, um, they were talking about Bob, how he turned heel. And that was the only way his career, you know, would have been able to continue. And then he asked Stan, were you ever a face? He goes, eh, not really. I was cheered as a good guy in, in Japan, but I wasn't a face or whatever. I wonder, could Bruno have ever, ever had been a heel? No, I think him and, I think him and Ricky Steamboat are the only two guys that never went heel. And you know what? Man. And you know what? Pat, there's another episode... Because Ricky Steamboat, go, Ricky Steamboat goes to Pat Patterson one during the '80s, and he asked him, "Pat, turn me heel. I want to work as a heel." And Pat told him, "No, I'm not right. going to do you it." Would've, you would have ran wrestlers forever if Bruno had turned heel. I'm telling <laughs> you, the, the business would have been destroyed. He's right. At the time, at the time, Bruno. Bruno so I'm telling you, man, Bruno sold the garden out more than Frank freaking Sinatra. But. He did no wrong in the Northeast. But look, but you no guys, wrong. you guys would know better than than I would in this. That thing with with Macho Man and that promo is that the most emotion that Bruno has shown in a promo? No, no, because I there don't. Was, there, no, there, look at Piper's pit. There was a Piper's pit in the garden. Pipe, oh, he calls Pipe, Piper calls him something like a dumb guinea or a dumb wop or something, and and Bruno loses his mind. Because like, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing Bruno. Uh... Oh, no, nah, Bruno didn't play, man. Bruno did not play. Listen, Bruno, he was the first American hero. He was bigger than Superman. He was bigger than, he was bigger than anybody but Muhammad Ali at the time. I, I wish I saw, I wish I saw, I wish I could see that cage match, man. I saw, I saw that in the garden. It was one of the best cage matches I've ever seen in my life. There wasn't a, a football player, a basketball player, hockey or baseball bigger than Bruno. Not in this area, anyway. Not what we, not what Surfer and I are, anyway. And the, and There's, and it sucks because Bruno disappeared right, right before WrestleMania three. He could have been a part of this. Yeah. But of well, course, he didn't want to. They kept pulling. Vince kept pulling him off away from the microphone. You know? That was Vince trying to get more out of him. He 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 said it a million times. He had no no desire to work anymore, but they kept pulling him out, and it worked every time they pulled him out. When when David when David tried wrestling and Valentine and Beefcake got involved with him, that was another match I saw. But it was like you know they they kept pulling him out. He didn't want to do it. He was he was done at that point. But they they loved him so much that they just Vince drained them for everything he could. So God bless him. Oh, man. Well, anyways, the next match on the card, six-man tag team match, which I had I had to look at the screen twice when I when I saw it coming down because I was I was had it on in the background. I had a lot of meetings today, so I watched, but I was listening mostly. Coming down the aisle, King Kong Bundy, Little Tokyo, and Lord Littlebrook, and I'm, I look up. Wait a minute, those are the those are the little guys, and I look up and I think, on what who booked this shit? 
with the yeah. with the with the two giants and the and the little guys and the little and fellas. The and then uh and then Monsoon is explaining the rules of the match. He goes, It's essentially the equivalent of what a mixed tag is today. Yeah. Women fight the women, men fight the men. Well here, yeah. the giants fight the giants and the midgets fight the midgets. He was explaining it to Euchre. Alleged. Exactly. Um, alleged, yeah. But this, the story, the only story here was that Bundy was, Bundy was just threatening midgets. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and what do you call it? And Hillbilly Jim got offended and grabbed some face midgets and he grabbed some heel midgets and that was it. Little people. Little people, I'm sorry. Little people. I forgot how big uh, Hillbilly Jim was. Because, like, <sighs> You see him in the ring with Bundy, and Bundy's supposed to be like one of the big ones. And Hillbilly Jim was just as big. Well, Bundy, yeah, Bundy, Bundy, the walking condominium. That's what it was. Yeah, Bund- right there. I love King Kong Bundy. Bundy was more girth than height. Yeah, you know, Bundy was another guy. Bundy was another guy. He, you know, he made Vince a lot of money. Bundy, a ton Hall, of money. Hall of Fame next year, hopefully. Let's see. Bundy Mania. I used to see Bundy at the airport. Yeah, he's from Jersey. He's a Jersey guy. South Jersey. Yeah, so when I worked down at the airport for a year, you see him come through there a lot. And I believe all that. He passed the fact service that he worked at the airport. <laughs> that out, so. <laughs> I ain't never know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's go down this rabbit hole. Doing what? Doing what? What'd no. you do at the airport? I, I, I loaded planes. Oh, you did what Rage oh, did. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Simple deal what Rage did. Before Rage did it. Uh, Which yeah. airport? Not Newark Airport. You talk about the one down down by Atlantic City, right? Yeah, Philly. No, it wasn't oh, Philly Airport. Oh, Philly Airport. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, oh, luggage. God damn it. So, uh, by the way, King Kong Bundy, also the spokesperson for the Tandy computer, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Tandy? Oh. He sure was. He, yeah. He sure was. Yep. Yes, sir, I had one of them. He was, also he, in, he, was, he was also in a Richard Pryor movie. Um, Moving? With, like, they were movers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's the name of that movie? I forget the name of it, but he was, yeah, uh, you know. Um, it's called Moving, right? Yeah. Moving, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, he was on uh, Married with Children. The Head Start computer, not Tandy. Head Start. Okay, yeah, I knew, we knew what you, we knew what you meant, boss. We knew what you meant. Yeah, still, I thought it was Tandy, but still, it would have been it would have been equally as hilarious as Tandy. But anyways, um, but yeah, so Hillbilly Jim and oh, yeah, his Tandy. his li- his pair of little people won their match. I gotta ask, I gotta ask hey, because Phil Phil and Surfer are of the era no, of the sorry. of the of the midgets. Do you guys have a favorite? Little wrestler, yeah. My favorite in general, the Haiti kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he in his yeah. match? He was. Yeah, I like the Haiti kid. He's the one that uh, he had his hair. Yeah, there's another guy called. There's another guy like Tiger. Was Tiger Jackson? I think his name was. Well, I Tiger something. Be Jackson. God. He was. He was. No, he was a bull. He was a bull little white dude. He was. No, he was in the jungle. I'm talking about so, Jim. 
Oh, he wore like a jungle, like a jungle, like a onesie. Oh, not onesie. It looks stupid, Phil. He wore like what? Uh, singlet. Singlet. That's it. Yeah, he wore like a jungle, like a leopard singlet. Tiger Jackson, I think his name was. I like that dude too. There was. Um, I'll so bring you on here now, Matt. Hold on. Um, the uh, Haiti kid was the one that Roddy Piper ripped his hair out. Shaved his head. Shaved his on, head. On Piper's bit. Yeah. yeah. But you and, know he, and, he, and he kept that handcuff for WrestleMania 3. Listen, that match and the match before it had, had a counter and disqualification. Do you know how many people lose their minds today when a match doesn't end with a winner? Oh, yeah. And they, had two, they had two matches in a row. They, they would scream with, riot. With That's right. They would scream right. riot. Bunch uh, of spoiled marks. And with that, we also say yeah, hello. Yeah. We say hello to Matt Squires, who you know has been uh, po- posting in the chat. And... God damn! There you go. Go ahead, Matt. Matty, Matt. Plug it in, Matt, or or unmute it, or shake the cable. Do what you gotta do. He got new gear too. He sounded great last week. Oh, well, he's gonna figure it out here in a minute. But anyway, he better get his. He better get his shit together. Um, this. Then we've got a loser must bow match. Harley Race, King Harley Race, with Bobby Heaton and Queen Fabulous Moolah. Uh, I am the king. You bow to me in servitude. He uh, defeated the junkyard dog, but still the dog got the best of Harley Race. <laughs> he would just eat, when me and Gene asked him, would you bow? He goes, um, no, what do you say? He goes, I'll only bow to the... Um, Oh, I forgot what he said. He cut a mean promo about being black in the days long, and I forgot what he said to Mean Gene. It was hysterical. Let me see if I can cue it up. Yeah, but he said something else, too. Like, would you... Yeah, I forget what he said. Hysterical. Hold on, I'll see here. Here we go. Here, Here's the promo. Here it is, right here. Dog, after the smoke clears in this one, you feel you're going to be wearing the crown? Just as sure as I'm black in the days, son of Mean Gene. That's it. I'm gonna be wearing it. Ah, damn. I think the boy been sitting a little bit too long. Man, ain't On the throne. On the throne. It's time for him to move over and let the doll sit there all alone on the throne with that crown upon his head. Oh man. That's right, baby. King of the mid south, junkyard dog. Horrible wrestler, but but still, the king of the mid south. He was a black Hulk Hogan, man. He was horrible at that point. He's doing the job. He was horrible. He was a horrible wrestler. Period. He was a. Do you remember when he, he was an entertaining, a good performer, but he was a horrible wrestler. Do you remember when he showed up in '89 to fight Ric Flair? Yep. You remember that? Terrible, oh. terrible match. Oh yeah, but Flair didn't look at a million bucks though. Flair. I've seen Flair wrestle people that don't know how to tie their shoes, so it doesn't surprise me one bit. Doesn't surprise me. Oh man, but yeah. So uh, Harley Race uh, 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 beat uh, Junkyard Dog, but Junkyard Dog took the crown and the and the cape anyway, and walked away with it. Then this goes with Surfer's point here about there was a manager in every match. The Dream Team, Greg Valentine and uh, Brutus Beefcake, which by the way. I don't know where they come up with these damn names for these tag teams. I don't know why they're called the Dream Team, because that doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Um, I don't know how you named them that. 
Who who named them that? Johnny Valiant. Johnny Valiant, their manager, oh. with Dino Bravo in the corner. Introducing Dino Bravo. Yeah, he was new at this point. Yep. Uh, what was that, Matt? Maybe. 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 Why are you so low, Maddie? You sound low. Yeah, pull that mic up to your to your mush. Yeah. I like you whispering. I'm out cra- I'll, I'll, I'll crank your volume all the way up, but still. Is that better? No, you sound like you're uh, giving me a hearing test here. I have to take on Friday. Negative. No, number one. Number two. Number three. Doesn't matter. It still applies. Still applies. Is that better? Much better. There you go. Hi. Now I could crank the volume down a little bit for you. There we go. No, crank it up. What's up, Maddie? Two hundred. What's up? The squad is in the building. I was wondering just a few matches back. Phil said that he they rounded up a couple of heel. Where do you buy heel music at? Get him at the at the what do you call it at the um stop and shop over there. Like they were cats. Do you get them individually? Or do you buy them by the pound? The pet store. No, you get them, you get them by the pound. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ayo. Tony C you says you get them. You get them like cats. Can I, can, I get, can I get a pound and a half of midgets and a, and a big slam of Bundy, please? To go. Could you imagine? Like, but... Do you go to a midget mill and just get a midget mill? Oh Dude, have that in California, not in New York, man. I wish I had a midget mill out here. I'd be a fucking millionaire. Uh, I can't you imagine King Kong Bundy going into the store? He's looking at the midgets. Oh, look at that. The heel midgets are on sale this week. <laughs> I need a price check on some midgets. Hey, I got a coupon. <laughs> price check on a midget. Oh, man. Jackass. <laughs> what? I'll see. I'll see. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't yeah, price check on a heel midget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Y'all going to hell, man. I was already there, dude. Don't even get me started. Do you have to go to the ethnic side of the store to get the Mexican midgets? Oh, my this is why God. We, this, this, this is why we can't have nice things, exactly. man. Exactly. Now you're reaching, Commissioner are they by the, are the Mexican midgets by the dry chili chilies and, and all that stuff? Habaneros. <laughs> Uh, no more nice things for you, Kamish. That's fine. Jesus Christ on a cracker. Yeah, see what happens when I get on. It just all goes to crap. It's, it's the truth. And everybody blames Surfer. That's Can't blame fine. Surfer this time. Can't blame Surfer this time. Anyway. Uh, that's funny. Price checks on some midgets. I <laughs> <laughs> midget. <laughs> I love it. You know, you know, though, they are 50% off. Oh, they are 50% off. That's right. <laughs> They're always halfway. It's always a two for one, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Man. Tony's shaking his head. He's like, you son of a bitches. <laughs> hey, man, y'all going to hell on the scholarship, man. I'm on a scholarship. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, the, yeah, the scholarship from the MAACP. 
I've told. I have told this. What happened when you bring up WrestleMania three, man? I know, right? Any other WrestleMania? Oh no, this the WrestleMania fifteen. The anniversary of this WrestleMania was today. The the anniversary of this WrestleMania was today, and it's WrestleMania week, so anything could uh, could go down on any of these shows. But I, I have told this story though before on the air that I don't mind watching them on TV, but if I come across a gaggle of midgets, I get I get I get a gaggle or is it a is it a swarm? I, I get a smattering. I get I get very nervous. A school of midgets. I went to one of these a school of midgets. I let me tell you something. I went to I went to I went to a Hulk Hogan's micro championship wrestling event about ten years ago. And let me tell you something. And I was I was freaking out the entire night. So double A. If you went to the concession stand and then midget made your sandwich, would you eat it? I'd have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be short. It'd be short bread. Jeez. And we're going down. Yeah, for dessert, we got a strawberry shortcake. Hello. Um, can I get those short ribs? Yep. God dang. This is DVD famous from Mr. Ralph. I mean, Bobby. I mean, Bobby Heenan is the one that said you never touch a midget. You don't know where they've been. <laughs> Man, just the you speak. You get it on you or what? The, the best, some of the best midget commentaries in Wolf of Wall Street. When he was talking about you can't look him in the eye. You don't look at him. And when you throw these things, you know they come together in packs. So if we're gonna do it, we gotta get a bunch of them, man. Don't be talking about midgets, man. Basically, what I'm saying, man. I'll take Y'all. a bushel, please. I'll take a bushel of midgets. <laughs> there you a go. Bushel of midgets. God. A, a pack bushel. of midgets, please, sir. You said a pack. <laughs> a pallet. Don't tell you pack. Don't tell you back on a little pack. Oh, <laughs> little pack. You no, might we'll... wind up in a little body bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, man. I send double A shots of the minis all the time, man. I didn't know it was a mini Vader. I forgot. A mini they had so, a mini Vader and mini Okay, Vader so during that mini Vader run, do you think WCW missed the mark with the MWO? Oh God. <laughs> God damn. If I ever saw a midget Hollywood Hogan, I might have lost my shit. But I'm telling you, I mean they had they had the NWO, they had the LWO. You could have had the MWO, that's right. OGQBT, uh, uh, oh, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, you, now you branching off, guys. Oh, uh, man. Now you're trying to get a lawsuit. Hey, now you're just coming off. Mrs. can't sue. Mrs. don't sue. They're not litigious. The mother groups are litigious. Small claims court. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and then, by the way, we're not away. 
I'm stepping away from the jokes. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I, 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 he's here all week. He's here all week. He's trying to feel. That's right. I Tip your waiter. It, I, I gotta tell you, I, this is not putting down anybody that is of short stature because I know, I think Shailen is what? Five four feet? Line. Four yeah, something. She, she, I've, I've met Shailen and she, yeah, she's, um, she's small. But she's just short. She's not a midget. She's short. She's not a midget. She's, she's almost a midget. She's yeah. just short. She's most rides. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, she gets up. Yeah, she yeah she gets she just fits the criteria. But uh, my goodness, it, it's she's a beautiful soul too. She's she is, kid. she is. But I, I will say, like I said, if I encounter, you know, a pack of uh, a pack of little people, I do get nervous because it freaks the hell out of me. <laughs> it freaks the hell out of me. <laughs> so. <laughs> I want all the big guys are afraid of midgets, man. Oh, my God. My wife. It's like elephants are afraid of mice. Exactly. My wife, that day, she she kept asking, are you okay? Like, I don't know, man. This is weird. This looks, this doesn't add up. This doesn't look right to me. You know, here I am watching these little guys wrestle. Pat Tanaka is the referee of all the matches. And, uh, and, and, and he trained them all. And it's like I'm really like I, I feel like I'm tripping, and I don't do I don't do drugs, so yeah. Is he for a pin? Is it just a package? Oh if God. he did drugs, that would be a small dose. A small dose, exactly. Is a small package just a package? Maybe or a tiny package. <laughs> a tiny package. Oh man, Ugh. we're all gonna go to hell. Anyways, um. So yeah, back to WrestleMania three. Uh, the what dream team. About? My bad. We were the dream team defeated the Rougeau brothers, and this was, by the way, this was before Ray Rougeau knocked uh, Dynamite Kid's uh, teeth out of his mouth. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's nothing that stands out about this match other than Johnny V was unnecessarily at ringside. Along with yeah. Dino Bravo, it, his promo was great, though. Yeah, he Johnny had a good promo. French. That was funny. Yeah, Johnny V. Was, Johnny V. Another another underrated color commentator. He was yeah. good on the stick, man. Yeah, yeah. The first he died tragically a few years ago. He got hit by a car. Unbelievable. That's sad. Yeah. And Greg nice Valentine has looked like an angry old woman his whole entire life. Yes. He's really an old lesbian. My mama will beat him up. He looks man. like the sorry. mom from the Goonies. Yeah, my mom yeah, almost yeah, so tossed his ass. And and what's funny is, is that, you know, here we are. We're watching an event from 1987. It is 2022, and he looks exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. He's been granny goodness his whole entire oh life. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> granny goodness. Calabac, granny goodness. <laughs> oh, I'll make you a good boy. And as the rest in peace. Then the next match, Hair versus Hair, Roddy Piper against Adrian, the adorable one, Adrian Adonis with Jimmy Hart in New York, his quarter. baby, New York City. And, uh, well, Adrian uh, didn't get his ass whooped, but he did uh, get his hair cut, and Brutus Beefcake struggled like hell to cut that hair. A lot of sweat. Can't cut a sweaty head. Oh, my Bob always tells me that all the time. So I can't all head these years sweaty. of pro wrestling, they could never get the hair cut right. Never. It's never been never. Right. Except McMahon's. Vince McMahon's hair. That 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 went out that went nice and smooth. And Molly Holly. Molly Holly had a good shaving. 
when she had her head shaved on. Uh, when she shaved Dumpy's head, that was a That's right, Vince was bald. Who's, yeah. Whose head did they shave? Huh? Yeah, they shaved who? Vince's head at 23, right? Who, no, but whose yeah. head did you say, uh, say, Phil? Oh, when they shaved Dumpy's head with Bobby, uh, Dumpy Trumpy with uh, Bobby Lashley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know who took a, no, you know who took a good head shaving? Uh, Paul Jones. When he fought the Boogie Woogie Man, he took a good head shaving. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty good. And don't let Pez Watley walk around with a pair of scissors. You know, oh, Shaska Watley? Then, then he'll cut your beard and you'll have a screaming David Crockett in the background. Pez! Pez! <laughs> no! Okay. Um... The dangerous Danny Davis and the Hart Foundation uh, defeated oh, Tito. To go back to that last match, yes. do you think Piper pulled what he did with Adrian for when he fought Goldust at WrestleMania? I think different. I think those are two different certain things. I think would I think fighting Adrian. I mean, they were both androgynous. You know what I mean? Just playing that up. I think. Like, yeah. I, I, I think. I think with Piper. And Goldust, Piper was probably two steps away from calling Goldust a, a fag. You and know? I think Goldust loved every minute of it, man. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think I don't. I don't know. I think they're different, but um, similar but different. The whole androgynous thing, double A. I think every decade he got a, a piece of it between Gorgeous George and. Adonis, Adonis, Adrian Street, you know the exotic one. But let me ask you this: Are you ever going to have Rico? Are you ever going to have it again? Hi, Charles. Are you ever going to have an androgynous character again? No, not any time. Not any time. Oh, we just have one in in Game Changer. His name is Effie. Effie, whatever the hell his name is. No, no, no. Wasn't what's his name? Um, Velveteen Dream. Wasn't he androgynous? I mean, he was androgynous. Yeah, yeah. but there's a real kid. We just did not too long ago. Yeah, that's true. But there's another kid. He's uh, he's in GCW. But he's a real cake eater though. He's um, fascinating. (laughs) Effie, Effie. But but no, that's only kids. No, no. Um, his name is. He's a really good wrestler too. His name is Effie. I think his name is. But he's in Game Changer Wrestling. He's really good. But that's the thing. Actually, androgynous, like actually, like, like. Uh, Vel- Velveteen Dream was the last one. That was the last one. Yeah. But my point is, do you think we'll ever get a ever? Because now we're in a period now where like, everyone's offended. Like I, not even the offended part. It's like everybody now has a status. Like I am, I'm non-binary. I'm. Asexual, I'm pansexual, I'm polysexual, I'm this sexual, you know, or whatever. Like, there's no everybody's very exact now. I, just watching the Oscars this past week, I saw somebody on there. They said, "Well, I'm LBGTQI," and I'm like, "I, yeah. where the hell did the I come from?" And so we're just tagging on letters now. And yeah. my point, where I'm going with this is, is are we ever going to have? Another, just somebody who walks that line, and you're not a hundred percent sure. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't because think the so line's either. been blurred. There's no line to walk. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, it, it's there's no line, man. It, it's just it's rubbed away. Like there's no, no, no one. No, you can't line step no more. There's nothing there. It's just it, you know. Which I think is gonna. I think it's wrong. You know, I think it's wrong. Oh no! I mean, obviously that's it's wrong, but that's just how society is now. You know, everybody has. You know, if they're not recognized. 
as whatever they are, it's it's you know every, you know it's shame on you. You know. I mean, I think there there's there's some excitement to have a little bit of that ambiguity that you don't know what so, this person is. I think that's a good thing. I don't think we need to advertise everything. You know, and, and, well, yeah, and put a stamp like on everything. Goldust. It was with Goldust. It was mysterious. It was like you didn't know, and then you know, is he is he gay? Is he not gay? Is he this? Is he that? Like you, it, it, he always kept you, you know, right. guessing. And that was, I guess, that was the whole point of the character, right? You know, you know, he was he had a he had a he had a valet, mm-hmm. but he rubbed up on dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like he kissed his valet, and spoke, you know, but he was married, but he liked dudes, like in, in character. Yeah, he, Rub up on a guy, you know. In yeah, the yeah, that. yeah. He, and he wore women's underwear under his under his gimmick too. So, but <laughs> no, I, to answer your question, no. Yeah, the dangerous Danny Davis, the wrestling referee again uh, with the Hart Foundation, they defeated uh, Chico Santana and the British Bulldogs, and oh, um, oh was, Danny Davis, love to hate him. And he wrestled a lot longer than I had realized because he was in WrestleMania three. That was his first match, and then he had a match at WrestleMania four, which I just started watching today. I was like, he was allowed around that long, like, yeah. oh my god! So, and he he was a crooked re- he was a crooked referee for like a year. So he yeah. ran that story forever. He was the first hit referee I can remember. Yeah, I think he was. Well, that's where they get the pride of Dover, New Hampshire. <laughs> That's right. When I heard that, I was like, "Really, Dover, New Hampshire?" We couldn't think of something. He wrestled as Mister X. I know he wrestled as Mister X, but I'm saying, like, I didn't realize we had gone. He was a whole bunch of Mister X's, though. He the, wasn't. The, he wasn't the Mister X at WrestleMania, though. And there's been a Mister X on oh, this one. network too, but I don't think so. But uh, well, I could be wrong, though. No, but the thing is, I didn't realize the Danny Davis thing had gone on as long as it did. Yeah, like that yeah. part I didn't know. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. Um, and, of course, Matilda attacked uh, Jimmy Hart before the match. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. The thing about that match, you had two world, two, two of the greatest tag teams, uh, one of the best mid Carters, and Danny Davis. Exactly. Makes no sense. Because I think Matsui... No, it makes perfect sense because he, Danny Davis, was responsible for all the all his opponents losing their titles. That's what they said in the commentary. That's what yeah. they said. Makes perfect sense. And Chico was the Chico, the Bulldogs. He all dropped titles. And he was referee. Yep. Butch he Reed, was Patrick before Nick Patrick. Yes, he was. Correct. Yes, Correct. That's why that he got near the end of that match with spot on purpose. Yes. Yes, it was. And then, and then the bulldog, the bulldog took the took the pen. Not baby boy, but the bull. I mean, what do you want, Surfer? I know. Matilda. It wasn't that kid. It wasn't uh, Santana. It was Davy Boy Smith. Probably the well, the second biggest wrestler next to Bret Hart. The job for his brother. Yeah, that's all. I'm sorry. Yeah, but he's like, I mean, David's got the piece. But that's the point. He was his first match, technically. 
got to keep the heat on. Still waiting on them ratings from when Surfer was talking about that show that when hit no shit. <laughs> I need them ratings. A lot of a lot of those matches, like the people you wanted to win, didn't win, but people got what they wanted out of that show because of what happened normally after the match. Yeah, I agree with that there, statement. There was very rarely something didn't go on after 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 the match. Yeah, whether it was uh, uh, Hercules with the with the chain or Junkyard uh, taking the. Uh, the road, uh, there was always something after the match. Uh, Edo helping Beefcake. Yep. I mean, no, I'm sorry, Beefcake helping Piper. That's right. Th- yeah. Is that when he became the barber? Throwing he, that match? he became the barber after that match. He became the barber, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Butch? Because back then, WrestleMania wasn't the start of a storyline. It was the end, and everything had to be completed. It had to be short yep. up. Yep. It had to be short right. and complete, so you can start your new storyline the next day. That's right. No loose ends. Yep. The the natural Butch Reed with Slick in his corner defeated Coco Beware with Frankie in his corner. And 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 Slick is ready for downtown uh, downtown Detroit, according Uh to uh, Jesse Ventura. Exactly. (laughs) But he got his clothes torn off during this match. So how great was Slick? He was good. I'm surprised he hasn't been inducted yet. I mean, and he still he still appears on WWE TV once in a while, so I'm surprised. Listen, Matt just said that all your feuds had to end by WrestleMania, but the thing was, back then, television didn't catch up for like a month after WrestleMania. That's why it had to end at WrestleMania. No, I'm saying, like, you would have your WrestleMania match, but them talking about these matches didn't happened until a month later because they were still using TV taping and, and TV hadn't caught up to what happened at WrestleMania. Not, maybe not in your maybe in your maybe market but but in all the other markets they were all up to date. I don't know what TV you were watching in Philadelphia but the, the TV ran with the pay-per-view. Surfer just found out Kennedy got shot on his TV. I know. <laughs> It wasn't like the next day they came on TV talking about WrestleMania. I now that no, but the TV wasn't weeks out. He's getting Walter Cronkite on his feet. Usually, <laughs> I, to, to back up to back up what Surfer said, the TV the week after the pay per view or the event was already in the can prior to the event. That part I understand. But nine times out of ten, the VO stuff, the voiceover stuff, was done afterwards. So they would just go into the studio, you know, do all the voiceovers, call all the matches, then put everything in the can and send it out. Yeah, the only thing you got different was the promos for the for the like the local events, the local specific, the market specific like, promos. Yeah, right. Savage cuts a promo at the Spectrum, then he cuts one for the Garden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah, those changed. Yeah, that's when they definitely cut promos and empty the ring. And you know what? Yeah, I got to tell you something. There is uh, I forgot who it was that said it, but they said that that's where the uh, the real gold of wrestling video is 
is in the yep. market specific promos because the market specific promos generally were were nine times out of ten very off the wall, off color, sometimes mm-hmm. blue and things like that. And a lot of those market specific promos were scrubbed. They were not they were not kept for whatever the case may be. I would love to go back and watch for example, a Macho Man promo, just to use him as an example. Lord Mister, yeah. He would come in uh-huh. and, okay, Gene, Gene is holding the stick. Macho Man is, okay, we're going to cut five promos. we got to do one for Chicago, New York, Boston, Philly, and Los Angeles. I want to hear the differences of those five promos that are going to air on the same yep. show, but in five different markets. It wasn't like the NWA would Flair would come out and go, we're coming to Fresno. <laughs> We're coming the, to Vegas. No, it was not like that. No, not at all. And and I would like to hear the NWA ones too, because the NWA there's some market specific promos too. Apparently, because it's lost, it's long lost. The promo that Arn Anderson cut that ultimately created the Four Horsemen was a market specific promo, and. Um, Cincinnati, wasn't it? Was I it think Ohio? It may have been Cincinnati, but there's been no there's no evidence of that promo. It doesn't exist anywhere. And um, I like I would love to watch that. Those are the things yeah, I would I mean, love to watch. Did they stop doing those localized promos, what, when superstars really became the main show? Oh, God, no. The market-specific promos no. went on until... The 90s. Raw? The 90s, yeah. Yeah, early, the early 90s. Because WC, huh? WCW, yeah. I can remember WCW doing market-specific promos on Worldwide in 98, 99, well, something like that. Wow, so, yeah. we, ne- we never got any of those, or at least I don't remember. We never got any, but it was very rare they ever came to West Coast. So I, I mean, there is, um, and a lot of times, like, I know for a fact because he says he's done them. Um, a lot of times, the, the ones that conducted the interviews in those market-specific promos are people that generally didn't do the interviews. So, like, I know there's promos out there with Gary Capetta, Dave Penzer, the ring announcers. There's a promo somebody put it the other day, a promo that Howard Finkel conducted uh, with somebody for it was a local promo. Um, it's those are the those are like that's gold. I would love to get my hands on some of that stuff and just watch, 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 watch. watch the local hours. commercials are like Dusty doing the Tom Simus commercials are the yeah. best. Yes. I'll sit there and watch all 15 of them. It's like 30 minutes long and just cry the whole time. I'm still looking for that Terry Funk uh, summer closeout deals at uh, Chevrolet dealership uh, uh, commercial that they showed in uh, Beyond, Beyond the Mat. Terry you Funk. can come and get this car it's better than my horse. Oh my God! It was to see Terry Funk hawking a, a Chevy during summer closeout is, I think, is hilarious. Um, come on, man! Fire Dusty that. saying that he went to Japan to look at these cars for Ton Simus was. <laughs> I just came back from the Orient. <laughs> Oh, crazy. We got Terry Funk in a Wendy's yeah. commercial. Terry, Terry Funk Fun. in a yeah. Connect Four commercial. Uh, Come on, wow. Yeah, let, me, let me play that Connect Four commercial. Yeah, Hold yeah, on. yeah that, that really piqued my interest. 
out for a challenge. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, they, they, that's a clickbait promo. Ah, they inserted that stupid forever thing from Japan into that promo. <laughs> Would you prefer hamburger? Like the that. You better like the fat. <laughs> sure do. Uh, uh, let me see here. Hold on. And then you said the Dusty Roads. Just because we you you brought it oh, up, anything we'll, dusty, Tom Simon. Anything dusty, yeah. Metal yellow, taste that V Mountain Dew. Oh, here we go. Dusty Roads, nice Tom Simon's Dusty Roads, bringing it to your factory direct. Tell them, Dream. Tell them. The American Dream never lied to you. We can't lie to you. We can't beat it. Awesome's the word. When the Russians can't put a spaceship on the moon, that ain't awesome. Awesome is America. Awesome is Tom Stivers. Awesome is ideals. And if you can't deal with us, then we gonna come deal with you. And you don't want that mess around your house, cause we gonna knock you out. I'm wondering, is that dealership in Bradenton still open? We gotta find out. We don't want that mess around your house. (laughs) The Russians going to the moon was nothing. Exactly. (laughs) He said, you don't want that mess around your house. You know that was one. You know that was one take. And yeah, just just talk. You see, it's the fucking dream. Of course, it's one take. Boy, this time Stymus must have had a shit. A cameo for one person. Oh my god. This time Stymus must have uh, had a lot of. Oh, there's there's like twenty of them. He had a lot of money because he has. Is it Bradenton? That's 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 outside of Tampa. Yeah. That's outside of Tampa on 75. Yeah, that, that's the hood, man. You've been by there so long? I don't know what I know what Bradenton is. It's where the minor league pirates play. Yeah, but it's a it's the, now you don't talk bad about Bradenton now. <laughs> it's it's, not, it's it's a very shady area, Mister Mr. C. It's a very shady area. Trust no, me. No. You can talk bad about Sarasota. We know it's hood. You know, I got your door. Can you go through Bradenton? I got family yeah. doing. I, I got family doing a life bid in Sarasota, actually. Oh man! Yeah, yep. on the way to Port Charlotte, and that's right. No, no, that's right. That's what Phil's gonna retire. That's what that's what Phil's retiring to. Man, Port. when you come down this way, he's gonna man. work for Tom Simons. Yep. Yeah, you like you this car? You better buy this car. Oh man! Well, Even my pretty feet. Coming through Sarasota, goddamn. That's right. Uh-huh. Can we get some gas here? No, we gotta keep on trucking. <laughs> we gotta keep on trucking, baby. <laughs> we're gonna keep yeah. on we'll stopping Brandon, guys. It's like and in, it is a difference. It's like in a family vacation where they stop they get all their car stripped when yep. he's asking yep. for directions. In Chicago. Roll it up, roll them up. Brandon, <laughs> that's the home of Paul Andorf. Rest in yes. peace. Yes, it is. Brandon Bull, baby. <laughs> Brandon Florida. The, yes, baby. Yeah. The Intercontinental Heavyweight oh, Championship yeah. was on the line when Imagine the Macho Man defended his title against Ricky Steamboat. Longest match of the card, by the way, at 1435. I want your thoughts on what I'm about to say. You tell me if I'm out of line here. I watched this match intently today to see if it really was 
what everybody says it is. And I have to say, yes, it's a good match. But is it the greatest WrestleMania match of all time? Hell no. You can't say that today. There's been so many matches since then. Yeah. But if you go to that first three to five years, without a doubt, it's probably the best match. No. I, I, I can't. I, I can't seem to agree with that statement. Because it was just... This was March of 87. Then one year later, March of 88, Sting and Flair had their match at the first clash. You think yeah, that's but, better than, than, than this match? Yes. As good as that match was, there was no winner. There was no winner, but it doesn't... You said you don't need a winner to have a great match. Alright, so knowing what I know what we know now about, about about Randy Savage and how meticulous he was and I we say this on the podcast all the time. Knowing what we know now about somebody's performance, you look at the match differently. Okay? So I actually like the match more now than I did when I was a kid. Because of because because the way Savage choreographed all his big matches you know what I'm saying? And to hear Steamboat talk about it too, like we've we've talked with Ricky Steamboat. Like he yeah. he said he was like it was like he was meticulous. Like, you know, it was like, you know, he had the pen and pad out and he was, you know you right. step put the cat people in the room. And I believe it. On you know. So I feel like I feel like the emphasis on the match um was so grand because of the time. But at the time I think it was the at, at the time it was their best mania match. Absolutely, that part I will give you. It was the best was WrestleMania match. My favorite, listen, and I and you know I'm not a Hogan fan, but my favorite Mania match up until then was Bundy and Hogan in the cage. You know, um, between the first three Manias, you know, the, but like do uh, you look at that match now, known Savage the way we do now? Uh, I feel like it's it's it, it got a little more shine on. You know what I'm saying? Because I look. Granted, I could not digest the matches in 1987 like I can now because I was a kid when all these matches happened. But I look at it like this. I look at it like this. Ricky Steamboat, the storyline leading up to the match was a lot better to me than the match itself. But if I want to compare, if I want to compare a match to a match, this is March 87. Two months earlier, January of 87, Barry Windham and Ric Flair wrestled for the world title for the full hour on Worldwide Wrestling. Awesome match. Awesome match. I would tell you that Ricky Steamboat had better matches against Flair. Yes. But still, uh, that, 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 that match with uh, Savage. And yeah, and look at, the, look at the, the magnitude, man. Look at the event. Like, you know, like, you know. A lot of people for a long time. Yeah, Flair wrestled Barry Windham in front of you know three hundred people. You know what I'm that saying? Part like, I, I, the match was amazing, right? And but I, it wasn't and I WrestleMania. Get no, I get that. You know, I get that. I'm just talking about you pull the fan, the fans out of this, and you just take the match itself. And I take I take the whole thing. I take the the commentary. Now, granted, the commentary on the Barry Windham, um, Ric Flair match. I believe it was Tony Schiavone and Dusty Rhodes that that day. Um, so the commentary was on a different level, but the commentary here, I like, I try to piece it all together, 
And it was, to me, yeah, it's a good match. I'm not denying that it isn't. But to put it up there, and, you know, there's been, I don't know how many WrestleMania matches there have been. I mean, we're talking maybe 500 matches over almost 40 years. Uh, it, it's got to be in your top five, top ten. No, yeah, but you have to you have to take credit though that all of those great WrestleMania matches, I would guarantee ninety percent of them was inspired or based it off of this match. This is the foundation match for all of those other WrestleManias, though. And it, and it put that title and it put that title on the map for the worker. Like that was the worker's title. I will mm-hmm. give you that. That part I will agree with. That night was slow and monotonous compared to that uh, Savage Steamboat match. Uh, that that's another I mean, thing too. The rest of the night was very slow up until that match because nobody else could work like those two. And when I was a kid, nobody the, else could. When I was a kid, the IC title was always the headliner at the house shows because the, the main event the, the main event would be. Was that was that, and then the the mid the mid card before the intermission would be the title matches, the world title yeah. match. I mean, look, so they, I mean, but minus Honky when he had it. Oh Christ! Yeah, but you I mean you look at all those great. I mean, you know that Mister Perfect match when he was in that was going to steal the show. Bret Hart, Piper, Bret Hart. I you know oh, that that title was, and then Tito Santana, Morocco, v- Valentine. You, know, you go back to it. It's 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 the work title. It's it, mm-hmm. it you know it, it stole the show. It always stole the show. That match was the Sam best match held, on the card. Sam said that Tara held it for the longest time, right? He held it I for think. a little. Yeah, he had the longest until Honky. I think he had it for Honky, almost a year Honky at that the point. Longest title right yeah, Honky, Honky broke his record before yeah before Honky talked or had it for a long time. Savage had yeah. it. He had it for. Like, he, he had it close to a year, yeah. And he beat everybody. And 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 on top of that, he was getting world title matches as IC champ. Yes, yes he was. So the workman's title, man, it's the work title. So if you, you know? were if you were to take this match then, okay, without going into specifics on what other matches you would put on your list, where do you place this match in your top ten WrestleMania matches? Me, you ask. I'm asking everybody. I'm asking everybody. I think it, it has to be in at least the top five, just because, like I said, it's the foundation match for all those other matches. So, because yeah. if you ask all those other performers, they're going to say, "What's the greatest match of all time?" They're going to point back to this match. They're going to point back to inspiration from this match. So, yeah, no one cares about the head shrinkers versus the Steiners at WrestleMania nine, except for me. You know, I like that match. So. I, I mean. I, it so was, was just the match that everybody watched to be hey, the, the, that, the 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 to have the match they wanted to have. This is the basis match, for all of that. That match was the reason why Savage got the main event at the following uh, WrestleMania. Oh, it wasn't. They was already going to do that. <laughs> no, he turned it heat, yeah. No, no, no. There was, there was, look. If, if you came out the next day at WrestleMania and you looking for a year, I guarantee you that thought Hogan would have been that main event. I guess. Um, well, the next match, Honky Tonk Man defeated uh, Jake Roberts 
seven and seven minutes was this match, and it's sad that a match with the Honky Tonk Man lasted was the fourth longest match on the event. And um, yeah, the, the sad part about this match was the fact that Jake really got hurt. Yeah, in the Snake Pit. Yes, he did. Um, where he was they didn't, they they didn't seven, seven hour WrestleManias at the time. Say that again. That? I mean, they wasn't having seven hour WrestleManias. I mean, three hours was a long time for a pay per view then. No, but still, yeah. Surfer. Well, my point, my point with what I was trying to say was that Honky Tonk got featured in, in one of the longest matches of the night. That's what I'm trying to say. That there were other matches with more qualified people that only went two and a half minutes. But do you think Alice Cooper being involved was the reason for that? It's possible because no. was, that was a big get. It's possible. Well, and he's from Detroit, it, it, yeah. you know, and he and he's yeah, he's a snake guy. But people I mean, would have been pissed if he went out there for two minutes and then did what they were probably should have done was a two minute match, and then yeah. people would have been all ah. yeah, gotta but, have the guy shine. But yeah, he was legitimately hurt. Yeah, because they used, this match they, uh, before the match. Yeah, because uh, they used a real guitar instead of a fake one, and uh, yeah, and honky tonk is a sloppy fucking hick. So yeah, that, but he yeah. I swear, I thought it was a fake guitar. They did. They didn't yeah. get, I don't believe that for Bullshit. once. Bullshit. Let me tell you, as a person you know. who plays guitar, you know the difference between a balsa wood guitar and a real guitar. Exactly. I was yeah, just going to say that. <laughs> Bullshit. He's trash, he knew man. it. He knew exactly what he was doing. He's trash. Looking like a busted Santa Claus now. Um. Then we had the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov with Slick and his tattered clothes against the. Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair, who I don't understand why people like him, and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. Yeah, here we go, Phil. Phil's got oh, a well, already. No, no, shut up. He's got a big Brunzel boner. So, I don't, well, I, not Brunzel, I like Blair, but anyway. Oh. But uh, Slick, Slick had now, Slick, Slick has the contracts of, she can vote, Freddie Blassie had left the company. Yeah. So all of, all the, all of Freddie Blassie's stable went to Slick. Um, and this was just a filler match with the Killer Bees. They fought a million times before, and yeah, hey. Brian Brian Blair was a deal man in Florida. So what's Lou Albano at that time? Who? Lou Albano. No, he had left. Uh, he was the manager for the Bulldogs. I think probably just up until the year before. Yeah, he he was gone at that point. Yeah, I'm just saying. Looking back, you see all these managers come out and not seeing Lou Albano. Like, it didn't occur to me he wasn't there when I watched it years ago. Well, I mean, people got to go at some point, Server. I mean, what did you expect? The Grand Wizard to be there? No, I knew the Grand Grand Wizard had been stopped. I'm saying, but Lou Albano, he was was always a mainstay. Yeah, but Albano and Blassie were senior citizens at that point, man. Exactly. They were they were already old. Well, Blassie was Blassie was in the business for like thirty years prior to that, man. And then Albano was prepping to be uh, Super Mario. So yeah, yeah. I remember Mario as well. And, this was a pee break match. I mean, there was, yeah, yeah. This, is, this was the the early '90s divas match. This is the, what this was. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Match. These guys fought each other all the time. The skirts had no no uh, no ring time on this card. I just noticed no, that. No, they were not, they were still a novelty back then. Mm-hmm. Sadly, no Wendy Richter. 
The World Wrestling Federation Championship was on the line when the champion Hulk Hogan defended his title against Andre the Giant, the undefeated Andre the Giant with Bobby Heenan in his corner. And, of course, we know what happened there, and we know the story behind it. Now, do I believe Hogan's rendition of the story that he sat down with a legal pad and spelled out the whole match and gave it to Vince and Vince walked it over to Andre that part I don't know I question it I question you whether ask, the legitimate yeah, if you ask Tim White or anybody that, that was close to him you ask uh, Tito Santana mm-hmm. uh, Tony Atlas any of those guys that were like around at that time that never happened uh Andre called the match. He basically told Vince, I'll do what I want. Well, that part, Vince, that part Hogan acknowledges. You know, he acknowledges right, that but, Hogan, or Andre but, was going to do whatever the hell he wanted. Well, he was afraid because he thought mid-match Andre was going to change his mind. And there was nothing he could do about it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Andre. Hey, Andre yeah. Of all of Hogan's title matches, that was definitely the one that no one had a clue if Hogan would or would win that match. You thought, you legitimately, and this is not because I didn't like him, but you legitimately thought he was going to lose. And because it was Andre, you know, Andre was undefeated for, I don't know, almost 20 years at that point. Um, And he never was a heel in the States anyway. So it was like, and you you didn't know. And it was, was, I'm I'm telling you, it was all over TV. Like, everybody was talking about it in, like, everywhere. School, my teachers, <laughs> the kids in the park. It was like, this is ridiculous. It was crazy. I'm going to play it a little. The... Go ahead, Phil. No, it was, and a couple of things, just to put takeaways. Bobby Heaton's coat, his suit jacket was fantastic. <laughs> I wonder where that is. I wonder where that is. If it's just sitting in at his house or if it's. It's probably in, the, in, the, in that archive thing that they had uh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. that Right, and, and how? And I think this was if we're, if we're rate, if we're rating Hogan's tans, he had the best tan. For this. Yeah. Did anybody, did anybody no, 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 his WCW tan when he was hot. Nah, t- Tony, he was on point, man. This was this tan was on point. Did anyone he, he was NWO. That was a, more of a hot dog. That, that was yeah. a tan. He, he okay. was tan. <laughs> let me let me play you. Let me play a little uh, a little Luger, excerpt. Luger just not as tanned as me. Not yet. <laughs> let me let me get you a little play a little excerpt from uh, the Andre the Giant documentary that Hogan is saying that he was never told. He doesn't remember anybody telling him you know he was going to win the match. To be the greatest title bout in wrestling history, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in WrestleMania three Sunday afternoon, March the twenty ninth. Andre was in dire straits when it came to his health. He had had the, the back surgery, and he was walking around on a cane. And I said to myself, that's going to be your main event, WrestleMania three. How are these two guys going to pull this off? Andre didn't let Hogan know a whole lot about what he could or couldn't do in the ring. And I think that kind of weighed on, on Hulk Hogan in the back of his mind. For a match of that magnitude, it it bothered him. Hogan was really concerned that Andre wasn't going to quote put him over, and Andre did not want Hogan to know. 
Terry had so much respect again for Andre, he just wouldn't come up to Andre and say, are you going to put me over? You know, he wouldn't do that because that would be disrespectful. So it was always this bit of doubt, you know, he kept coming to me. Are you sure the boss is going to put me over? No problem. You know, are you sure? No, he's going to do it, Terry. He was nervous because Andre kept playing to them. I'm going to do what I want to do. And Hogan would hear that with them. I kept asking Vince, you know, what are we going to do for a finish? He goes, hey, don't worry about it, I'm going to talk with Andre. Finally, we're in Detroit, okay? The night before <laughs> WrestleMania. He goes, well, what do, you, what do you picture the match as? I said, give me your yellow legal pad. This is the part that he says he wrote the, the match down and everything. And, and bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that part I don't, I don't necessarily believe at all, but... Um, Come on now, Hogan was was notoriously accused of not knowing. So, what you think? You think he wrote it down, sir? They listen. They talk about Hogan didn't know how to wrestle. So how could he have wrote That's down the match? He could wrestle if he wanted to. I remember, I, listen, I remember the moves he did in the seventies compared to the eighties when he was just punch, 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 leg drop. I wouldn't necessarily. Uh, I could I could pull stuff from the '90s overseas. Hogan actually wrestled. He can wrestle. He just didn't have to. He, he, was a sports entertainer. he did wrestle. He was a superhero here. He didn't have to wrestle. He was a sports entertainer here. Kids didn't want to see Hogan doing an arm drag. They wanted to see shake up and Hulk up and pull. I never. I never Yeah, I never forget the time I watched the episode of Superstars. He and Hogan actually fought Moondog Spot and threw a suplex. We all jumped off the couch. Whoa. Let me play a little bit more from this because I think it tells the whole, you know, the real whole story here. Fix me up, slam me again, step my back. I wrote it all down. Wrote the whole match from top to finish, and then I left the finish open. Yeah, okay, Sparky. Vince Leal pad. Vince goes to talk to Andre. Andre loved to bust balls, and you know he was busting Hogan's. You know, and I respect Andre. I'm gonna go right along with it. So Hogan was concerned all the way up to the, to the day of the show. The next day, I'm at the building early, and uh, I said, hey, man, you know, what's the deal, brother? You know, what's happening? Oh, don't worry, you're going to be okay. I said, well, what's the finish? Andre's going to do the right thing. saying that to me. I never remember saying, you're winning. When he got to the building that day, Andre, typical Andre, went in, put a bottle of wine on the table, started playing cards. Everyone's running around nervous wrecks. I mean, this was the biggest show of all time. I mean, usually I didn't sit next to him in the dressing room, but that day he wanted me in the dressing room with him. I know his back was killing him. And as we were sitting there, I said, Andre, you know, what do you want to do out there? Don't worry. Okay, I won't worry. Andre just kept playing cards. Wasn't sweating a thing. Hulk came over a couple of times, said, we good, boss? He goes, I don't know. <sighs> now, that's the stuff I wish we knew back then. But uh, yeah. but still. 
here's the, here's the thing. Hogan will go down as the greatest sports entertainer ever, right? Yeah. And he was the biggest. He was the biggest draw. But before there was a sports entertainer, Andre was the draw. Of course. Everywhere he went. Everywhere he went. He was an attraction. Yeah. So attraction. Right. He's an attraction. And he and he legitimately he legit and, and that night was a legitimate passing of a torch. Yes, it was. Because mm-hmm. Andre Andre could have said, you know what? Screw you. I want the title. And he would have gave it to him. No questions asked. That and he knew his limitations though. Correct. And, and, and bef- right. Yeah. And and before this this whole creative control thing was a thing, before any of that was an issue, um he wrote he wrote his own ticket. So that's what made this so special. You know? This might go down as the best mania match, period, in terms of hype. You know? Yeah, definitely uh, yeah, the most important. Yeah, most important of, yeah, because it it basically birthed or oh, so, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. It solidified sports entertainment. Yes, it yeah. did. Hulkamania, yeah. yeah. Now, that's let, pretty much it. Now let me ask this question. Because since it seemed that I and I don't know if we're ever gonna know the real truth. Because number one, Andre he he passed away in 1993, and I I don't know if how good a shoot interview with Andre would have I'm sure it would have been amazing, but here's what I want to know, and because I don't think we're ever going to get the true answer from Vince, because the only other person that's going to know is Vince, if it was set in stone that Hogan was going over, or was it? Or was Vince not sure himself what was going to happen in the main event? Vince can tell you all night and day he didn't know. I think he, I think Vince didn't know until that like that week, that like right before it happened. I feel like they they you know they knew the match was going to happen, but they didn't know what Andre wanted to do until until he, until Andre gave his decisions. Like yeah, I'm going to I'll put him over. Because yeah, I'm the one... only two that know were Vince and Andre. I don't think anybody else knew. Now yeah. I'm going to ask you this question: What if Andre went over? What happens? Well, well, see, that's we're, we're going to fantasy book that. I was just telling Matt the other day. If Andre goes over, you can still build Hogan. Mm-hmm. You can still build Hogan to SummerSlam. Slam. Yeah, SummerSlam, the next Mania. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, or you, sorry, let me cut you off. It's just like when Roman Reigns didn't go over on Brock Lesnar the first time. I mean, no. they, they they came back at it a few times after that. I don't think it's the same. Oh, it, it, was, it wasn't. Yeah, there was. You didn't have live TV. Oh, you didn't have right. all these pay per views. You could have built Roman this on. Change his whole character. Now versus the yeah. that character from oh, that first time. Uh, I don't remember. Did, did Andre wrestle solo after this, or was it only tag after this? Uh, no, he wrestled solo. He had a few with the Warrior. Oh, that's they, right. They did he didn't. He didn't go tag until eighty late eighty nine. I think eighty nine. That's yeah. right. Okay, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. him and Colossal yeah. going over. Colossal, yeah, Colossal connection. Yeah, there was the famous uh, Warrior story where Warrior wouldn't take the bump or something, and yeah. he well, he went he went he went the hundred to get caught in the ropes that that yeah. that spot. So one night he went over the 
Warrior bounced off the ropes to get, went to give him a shoulder tackle, and Andre just put his fist out. Yep. Yeah. And knocked him out cold. And Bobby Heaton Bobby 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 said it cracked his paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he had a couple of feuds with, uh, yeah, Duggan. He had a feud with Duggan. Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts. Hogan, we won the belt for a night. That was the following February that set up WrestleMania yeah. 4. But right. that's on the take. That's your boy on the take. Tony taking the belt away. Put but it the that's but that's the thing. <laughs> that, was, that was Saturday Night Main Event. But here's right. here's here's what I want to know because I don't remember much else of what happened throughout 1987. And obviously 1988 started, and they went right back to the Hogan Andre um, feud, and that's what happened on that uh, main event, the the highest viewed television program for wrestling ever. But Andre, if Andre went over, knowing his limitations of his body, could they have stretched out Andre being the world champion till the following year's WrestleMania? And no, no, I don't think so either. He would not have wrestled much, but I don't think they would have been able to stretch it out that far. Brock Lesnar don't wrestle much as champion. No, no, no. That's, but that's a di- this is an entirely different time. We're talking the world heavyweight champion. We're talking the world champion, and it's the biggest title in the company that gets defended regularly. Exactly. I don't. There's no way Andre would have been able to keep up as world champion. No, it was Hogan's for the taking. It's just a matter of. It was just a matter of when was Andre gonna. Gonna let him do it. <laughs> let him keep, I'm sorry. Let him keep it. You so, know what I'm saying? So you guys are definitely under the assumption that Vince knew. Oh, I think so. Hundred percent. See, I don't 100%. know. I have my doubts. But, I'm not hundred percent sure. On, on the other hand, I think Vince, like he said, respected Andre enough where if he didn't think Hogan can do it, and he went over, okay, we'll go from there. To take the pen. Let me ask you something, though. Do you think if 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 Vince didn't know, would he have let this happen? At, with all the with all the with all the, with all the respect that Andre had, you know what I'm saying? If Vince didn't know, why would he put his biggest card and main event in jeopardy and not go the way he wanted it to go? Because I think I think he could. I think if 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 Andre goes over, Andre still could have. You know, there could have been money in a rematch down the line, and um, hey, there's another question. Andre goes over. Is there, is there another WrestleMania? Yeah, it's Not, Hogan chasing. Hogan chasing, but that's the thing. Do you stretch it out a whole year? But or does Bobby step in with some finagling and gets it off of Andre onto one of his other guys, and is then Hogan chases that way? Yeah, is it? Does it become as big as it? Start to become I don't know. Yeah, you, there's so many things. Yeah, Andre could have been champion, turned face, and for DiBiase, you know, or yeah, you know, what I'm saying like you, there's so many possibilities. But I, you know, it's this had to happen, you know, and and Andre was the only guy that could make that happen. There was no other guy in the business at that time that can with that at that magnitude that can make that happen. Now, you it, know what I'm saying? Hogan had went through every other big wrestler in the company at that point. 
Right, but this was different, though, man. This was Andre. this was Andre the Giant. Andre wasn't another wrestler in the company. And Andre was Andre was the standard up until 1987. And oh, I'm Hogan, sorry, up until 1983, 84. And when Hogan won, a good guy, a good guy, yeah. because Andre turned heel. What four weeks before the pay per view? Yeah, something like that. He felt, yeah, yeah, because he, he felt like it. It 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 should have been. This, maybe not as big, but as impactful, Hogan should have done this for Taker when he won his first championship. And I think it would have been, except for the whole Tuesday Texas crap and all that, I think it would have been more impactful for that passing of the, maybe not so much passing of the torch, but Hogan was on his way down then. Yeah, but I don't know if Undertaker was ready yet. Oh, Flair. Yeah, the whole thing was supposed to lead up to Flair and Hogan. Yeah, because Flair was the one responsible. The for yeah. I um. No. I don't know. I you know what? I think um. I, I look at it this way: Hogan goes over at WrestleMania three, and if if that whole thing of uh, DiBiase buying the title in '88 mm. never have happened, and Andre actually won the title. There would have been a chance that WrestleMania four could have been bigger than WrestleMania three. There mm-hmm. could have been a chance. Um, WrestleMania four is huge. It's a one of the, you know a lot of people that's their favorite WrestleMania for a variety of reasons. But I think but, and I don't, but one nobody thought that that was would have would, would have came out on top. No. They thought it still came down to Hogan or, or Andre. And they, were, and they were kicked out right away. True. We got Gubiati and uh, Travis. I mean, they, 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 they did turn it out. I, I told the boys this, like, when you have um, back in the day. I mean, they still do it now. I don't know. I'm not a big boxing fan, but some of these boxing, uh, these weight classes, they have these, these two guys that'll just, now UFC does it too. Where they'll fight two and three times, mm-hmm. and it gets bigger, and the matches aren't the same. They're probably not as good as the first one or the, or the next one, but they have two or three matches, and it it becomes like a trilogy. It becomes a, it becomes a thing. It it it, it brings it has its own storyline to it. It brings it brings a lot of money. You know, it, like, like Cena and Orton. Well, I'm yeah. well, Cena and Orton. Please, I don't want to see that Rock, match ever Rock, again in Rock, my life. Cena, Rock Cena for two years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I it will, just generates that. Hogan Sting? Yeah. It just, ge- yeah, well, Sting, yeah, man. It, well, that was insane. But, I, I will but, say this. Know, you, I'm looking forward to Lesnar and Roman on Sunday because, you know, I love this. Out of all the matches they've had over the last three years, this storyline has been the best. It's been the most entertaining. It has been everything about this, even though the the whole thing with Roman getting COVID added to this storyline. And I think this this feud, to me personally, has been perfect. So uh, to, to, to what Phil is saying, these multiple matches over several years, I think are, yeah, they're, they can get boring and monotonous. But if they're done right, yeah. they're very good. And um, that. It, it tells a story. <laughs> no one, no one complained about uh, Austin Rock fighting more than uh, 
They, had, they may have ended three WrestleManias. So, mm-hmm. you know. And they were all good. This, but you know what? One thing that I want to take away from this, uh, from WrestleMania three here, is that, uh, and we'll talk about how this uh, impacted the business here in a second. In that documentary that I was playing uh, audio from, they went in there and, and I don't know who it was, said that for the sake of WrestleMania three. Anything that happened before WrestleMania three never happened. That's how the industry is perceived. Meaning, nobody talks about Hogan and Andre at Shea Stadium in 1980. Nobody no, talks it, about no, it. The, does, headline, the headline it was amazing. It was a Bisco and Brutal. Exactly, but nobody talks <laughs> about the feud that they had before that. Nobody talks about. The friendship that they had. Nobody talks about anything that happened prior to WrestleMania three in general. Supposedly doesn't exist. Hulkamania didn't exist then, though. Hey, it was no way Hogan was going to uh, beat uh, Andre during that time. And that this I, this specific event, WrestleMania one, was one thing, but WrestleMania three, this was the birth point. Of sports entertainment, yeah, yeah. Nobody. I, hey, look, I tell you, very few people saw those first two lives. No, but I, even if you go back, the, even, I'm talking about in the stadium or on TV somewhere. Even if you go back though, and you um, you uh, you watched it on video. You go back and you you rented it at Blockbuster or whatever. Right. In those days, the WrestleMania came in the in the double clamshell. Because it was on two tapes, because it was four hours long or whatever. Um, Give me a clamshell this weekend. Hope she's ready. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Wow, I didn't want to. That, you had to watch the uh, video version of that of WrestleMania even on um, Peacock. There's a uh, there's a market. I forgot what market it's it's in. I think it's it's a major market that the closed circuit failed. During WrestleMania three, I think. And so Midwest, that was in the Midwest, I think. And they or had Pittsburgh, to show Pittsburgh or something like that. They had to show WrestleMania three for free on TV. Yep. How awesome would that be? Yep. So that was a deep Pittsburgh or Milwaukee, one of those outlets. So, so going with what you said that WrestleMania three is like the birth of sports entertainment. Yes. Now, besides the matches, WrestleMania is known for what their entrances. I think Andre. Entrance is one of the first iconic. It is entrances. Him it coming down action, in that it, ring. I mean, an action figure of that I want to get that. With yeah, the little, I mean, no, when I, I think of WrestleMania three, I think of that ring and him yep. coming down to the ring, and then him leaving the ring and getting all the trash thrown at him. Uh-huh. Yeah. It so is. I think that this is was the was the birth of the the big entrance for WrestleMania. He kept looking back at Hogan like I'm gonna get him. Like, this isn't over. You know, he had that look on his face as he looked back at Hogan in the ring. Yeah. It was... Yeah, it's definitely memorable. Now, here we are, 20, 35 years later, and um, we're talking about it and the impact that it's had on the industry. Obviously, it's the birth... I said it's the birth uh, point of... or Not just me, millions of others have said it. It's the birth point of uh, sports entertainment. What? Okay, how long is it going to be before WrestleMania three 
is an afterthought. Here we are, it's 35 years later, we're still talking about it. It's still brought up in discussions, in random discussions about WrestleMania. Whenever they do a video package on there, they show clips from WrestleMania 3, usually multiple when you got Savage and Steamboat and then uh, Hogan and Andre. Is there going to come a point that just WrestleMania... Because I think WrestleMania 1... Is our is now an afterthought, like it's um, not that big of a deal anymore. Off? WrestleMania two, eh? You know, nobody talks about WrestleMania two. When are we going to get to a point that WrestleMania three isn't talked about? Hopefully, never. Yeah. Yeah. Never. If, and, if, and, and, and if it is forgotten, I don't want to watch wrestling anymore. Yeah. People will listen. People will talk about those two matches, but that rest yeah. of the card, that was that was. If, if you took those two matches off and sabotaged them. And the Hogan, those two matches, that was the rest of that card. Something in the... That that card was trash. Something in the... It's trash. It's trash. Okay. Get him, sir. Something something in the genre has to happen. Sorry. If those matches took place on Monday night night raw next week, how many people would be... Happy about it. I mean, I well, I don't want to see no midgets wrestling on Raw. As you, you don't? I don't. I don't. Oh, <laughs> oh you, said, you sound the sad third, about that, Matt. <laughs> the third best match was that six-man tag team that didn't even take that, that wasn't that long as far as time-wise. Yes. I mean, something ha- something has to happen drastic in the in in the genre. In yeah, every match now at WrestleMania has a purpose, has a storyline, and every match at WrestleMania. And I and I don't know what the official count is for WrestleMania this year. I think there's 16 matches, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'll tell you right now how many matches there are. But um, I'm just saying this for the record. This last time I want to see Roman versus goddamn. Uh, oh no, I, I don't want to see it after this either. There's 14 matches. And I'm sure we're. I'm sure before it's all said and done, there's going to probably be one or two more matches added. But um, the, there were 12 matches what? at WrestleMania three, and you know. What do you what? think? Do you think the goal of WrestleMania matches now? is to capture the magic of that one match in WrestleMania 3. I think so. Especially with, you know, like this weekend that it's in Dallas, there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's the, an opportunity of there being 100,000 people it'll, there. It, it, you're never going to, I mean, you can strive to capture that, but you're never going to have, I mean, the whole world was interested in this match. The whole world. What match has come close in terms of... Rock Austin. Rock Austin? Which yeah. one? Rock. One. The first one? 17. I probably... 17. I would I would agree with it being 17 of the three. But yeah. I... I, I don't know, because maybe I'm biased because I was there. I would venture to think the first Cena-Rock match... Was uh, well, yeah, up there. Dave, 
Now, I'll tell you the match that a lot of people, if you think about it closely, Hogan and Rock probably is up there as Mm -hmm. the type of match that, you know, that is a real WrestleMania moment, and they didn't even, the match didn't even start. The Iron Man match is up there. Oh, Brett and Sean, that wasn't no main. That was okay. Yeah, pe- was people okay. more interested in that gold does Piper match from that because they <laughs> got the car chase. I mean, I like the, the match, match, but I don't yeah, put it up. Yeah, the OJ match. I don't put it up there as, you know, as as a one of the greatest. Like, if I'm sure my top ten list does not include Sean and Brett at WrestleMania. Oh, and... uh did anybody really think that that was Piper's last match? Well, I don't know, Surfer. I was four years old at the time, so I don't know what right. I was thinking. Uh, and listen, I'm really honest. I don't remember them talking about this was going to be his last match. Well, I mean, he came back. He didn't. He was gone all of '88, and he came back at WrestleMania five. So, but he didn't. He didn't wrestle in that one, right? No. Hope Piper didn't wrestle again until WrestleMania. He wrestled Bad News Brown, which was WrestleMania six. I think that was his. That may not have been his first match back, but he started wrestling around that time again. Uh, and by the way, we lost Phil. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if he's going to be calling back in or not. Yeah, he's, it looked like he tried to call back in. Oh, he yeah, did? he said he got disconnected. Oh, let me see if I can plug him back in. Because, I mean, he's... Alright, well, it's ringing. He's just got to pick up the blower. Um, I mean, it is... Uh... But out of all of those matches, it's not as big as... Hogan Andre. I agree there. In terms of the, I mean, it's a. You're gonna buy it if you're gonna buy a picture of a WrestleMania match. What? Ha- what the hell happened? Uh, I don't know, Phil. The connection fell down and its shoes fell off. <laughs> oh my word! Yeah. <laughs> I love Saul. Me too. I'm gonna have to play just that my favorite Saul thing here when he's selling a lawnmower. <laughs> No, my favorite thing is the eye doctor. What was that? The, the first. When he goes to the eye doctor, Mr. Rosenberg needs glasses. Especially okay. now, it's personal to Phil. Need glasses, Mr. Rosenberg. Shut up! I heard that. Hey, um, those first three WrestleManias, they were chock full of jobbers in those matches. Yeah, they were. It was. It wasn't all top tier stars. I mean, uh. F.C. Jones was in the very first WrestleMania, and he fought uh, Bundy, right? They were still figuring it out. It took two, I mean, to set it up. I mean, you know, you set that storyline up. Hogan on, I mean, it... They didn't didn't It's a lightning in a bottle. Perfect people, perfect place, perfect time. They didn't waste matches until probably WrestleMania 4 or 5. Yeah. You know, uh, there was a lot of filler. 
There, hold on. Here we go. Here's. I just have to play it because it's all fresh on my mind. Hello. Oh no, this is not it. Hold yeah. on. Where's the other lawnmower thing? Um, About four days of my eyes go crazy. I still like the roofing one. <laughs> oh, that's oh. A, that's <laughs> with the hot mops. Oh, there were the hot mops. I fired them right down into the front yard. Boom! My, right wife, my oh. wife's laughing. Still put them. If the kids up there playing, boom! Pick them right in the yard. Uh, I can't have this. Hold on, let me see here. And you the piano tune? Yeah. But no. <laughs> I work on race cars. Race cars. 18, for eighteen years. How many? How, how much you bench? Three fifty. I'll wrap pieces. a ratchet around your head. How much you bench? Three fifty pieces. No pounds, baby. Pounds. <laughs> I paint everything. Mm-hmm. I painted my car with a roller the other day. It came out perfect. I'll paint your toenails. Let's talk about selling cars, fool. <laughs> <laughs> Put your boss on. Talk to him. <laughs> I can't find the the lawnmower one, but but uh, no, I like also. But there's those are good ones, but I so like the ones ones. that don't make sense. That the people on the other end of the phone are like, what What are you talking about? There's a one where the uh, Frank Rizzo calls Juggy Gales. Yeah, Juggy Gales. Yeah, Juggy Gales, of course. Juggy, hey. how are you doing, you bastard? And he starts talking about uh, Sinatra. Some old guy. How about, yeah. how about the one where he calls the old lady? I want to walk along the beach with Jim and step on piss cleans. Uh-huh. And this poor lady, like the old lady, like it's not here. What did he tell you? And then there's this classic. Hold on. Hello, Frank's Pickle Barrel Ass. Huh? Hello. Hello. How can I help you? Who's this? This is Frank's Pickle Barrel Ass. I run a pickle joint. How can I help you, ma'am? I didn't call you. You called me. My phone just rang here, ma'am. <laughs> well, it rang here too. Uh, so what's going on? You, you, if you need, what do you need for your order? I don't need anything. You need pickles. I got pickles. That's my business. Well, that's our business too. Are you kidding me? No. Are you serious? No. This is at pickle. And this is Frank's pickle barrel ass. Where, where are you out of? Maspit. Maspit. So am I. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, uh, so how many do you need? What do you need? A few barrels? No, I don't need anything. I got garlic, uh, you know, dill. What do you need? I don't need anything. I could truck them over to you today. No. <laughs> you call me and you don't need pickles. I didn't call you. Are you crazy or what? No, I'm not crazy. Somebody's playing a joke on us. No, 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 no. My phone rang here and you're asking me for pickles. Nobody's playing jokes. Hey, don't get uppity with me because my phone rang here and you got on the phone. I said good afternoon, right? And no, you said, hey, uh, Frank's Pickle Barrel asked, can I slip you a pickle? No, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. You said something along those lines. Ah, uh, I love that. And then stupid Todd Pettengill tried to rip him off for 20 years. Oh. Well, Mayor, you're making a phone call. <laughs> I don't know, surfer. I don't know. Oh, man. So, there it is, folks. WrestleMania 3. It's in the books. It's set in stone. 
It was a happening, as Gorilla Monsoon said about 3,000 times during the course of the event. And, um, and he, of course, his most famous phrase of the night was the immovable force against the immovable object or something like that. The irresistible force there, against the immovable object. There you go. Thank you. There you go. And then, uh, and yeah. And that's that. I mean, well, I don't think we'd be I here mean, if it wasn't for WrestleMania three. And nope. uh, I mean, well, set the I was I was here today. I was here because of the Clash of the Champions, but uh, that's a whole different story and a different discussion. We'll have it next March when we talk about the thirty thirty uh, fifth anniversary of the first Clash of the Champions. But um, if Andre doesn't hit his uh, head on the post, maybe he doesn't. What was that? If Andre doesn't hit his head on the, on the post, maybe he doesn't lose. Maybe. Again, I don't know if we'll ever know what's going to, what the real, you know, story is. Because, as you know, only Vince knows. Andre, yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's one with what the earth was, now. So What was Andre's finisher? Doug. It was the bear hug, right? Well, Just. Yeah, that he he, he actually dropped the leg and an elbow too. Ex dusty about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, or a flying drop kick yeah. once in a while. Oh yeah. man, could you imagine? I I I look at people like Andre, and I look at people like the Big Show, and even though the Big Show doesn't do that type of stuff anymore, I mean Big Show is technically retired, and we'll talk about retirements later in the week because there was a big one that happened. But um, I, when I see people like Big Show, like when Big Show was first wrestling and he was flying around the ring. He threw that drop kick? He threw the drop kick. He got superplexed and things like like Oh, my God. And when I see Andre do the same things, like Andre doing a flying drop kick and, yeah. and stuff, is like that kind of scares me because I worry when I see somebody of that girth, the ring just failing. Like the That's ring. when you said that. I read something, and I guess it only happened overseas, where Goldberg jackhammered Viscera. And the ring broke? I don't know if the ring broke or not. It was just something that somebody was talking about. That they seen it, but he only did it overseas. It was their only match that they had one overseas. And that would have been something to see. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't, Andre I, worked, when Andre worked for Baba in old Japan, it was like he I mean, was. When you're in your 20s, you get away with anything. Yeah. But he when he worked for Baba, it was he, he did all that stuff. You know, because he was he was the attraction. Yeah. He was the main. He was the main event every time he wrestled there. I mean, I could I could see in the 70s and 80s the rings being shoddy. But in 2022, they reinforced the rings now, and they're they're done. They're, they're a lot stronger than they used to be. But I, I just had this image in my head of one day, or back then at least, you know, like Hogan picking up Andre. He's he power slams him, and Andre just goes through the canvas. Like, oh shit, the ring gave out. Oh, what was that? Was that Taz and Bam Bam in ECW? That's yeah. they went well, through the yeah, stage. Or, yeah. or if somebody the, the size of Haystacks Calhoun wrestling today, nobody, I, I mean, I don't think in my lifetime they're going to allow somebody that weighs more than 600 pounds get in the ring again. What about Loch Ness? Yeah. I, I, but that's already over 20 years ago. 
I don't think he really weighed that much. Haystack? Just seeing Andre up close as a kid was, I mean, I, I can't, it's unscribable. You know, you just, it, yeah, well, you know, when you when you when you when you're under five, you're under five feet uh, tall, and you're looking at Andre the Giant, yeah, he looked like the, the largest man ever. I mean, I'm I'm six one. I'm not a small guy, and I remember, you know, one day outside of a, of a Monday Night Raw. Mark Henry passing by and dwarfing me. And Mark Henry is not like Mark Henry's a huge guy, but he's probably six, 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 seven, something like that, 400 and something pounds. And I felt little. So I can only imagine what Andre would have been. Like because Andre stud, was. Man, stud was almost seven feet, 360, mm-hmm. 370. Just, just massive, man. Just massive. Yeah. There's somebody just that was massive. frightened of Andre. Yeah. yeah. Stud was the perfect opponent. Um, perfect. So, with that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, Shailen, if you're still there, um, well, she, she clocked out a while ago, but that's okay. I'm sure she'll catch the rest of the show here um, on the download. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to save this, Put it up for broadcast again. So we're going to hit a replay here. So give it about, oh, I don't know, about 20 minutes or so. And we'll rebroadcast this show in its entirety for those of you that are listening live. And uh, and then we'll add it up to the feed. And it's going to be available for download and things like that. Tune in to the rest of the marathon because we are just getting started. Tomorrow, the Mark Order Podcast 1015 following AEW Dynamite. But on Thursday, damn it, Thursday 10 o'clock, one hour edition of The Rant, followed by the What Are You Reading comic book show for one night only with the silver one himself. Of course, I'll be the producer of the show because there are people on this call that probably have forgotten how to push the buttons. And um, and, I, and I'm sure Surfers got a lot to talk about. Are you going to talk about Man God coming back? <laughs> he did, um, he came back. I will be giving my review of Morbius. Oh, that's right. It comes out this weekend. Oh, Morbius. Ooh. Ooh, yes. He'll be giving his See if it's bad as everybody says it is. (laughs) Yeah, probably. And he will give his opinion on the proverbial slap heard around the world. Oh, Um, yeah. You know, because he's... It happened at the... At the premier movie event of the of the calendar year, the WrestleMania of movies, Mister Slotnuts himself. So uh, all that will be talked about on on Thursday. Of course, remember that episode of the Rant at ten o'clock. Anything goes. Hot Mike can say whatever you want, do whatever you want. No limits, no nothing. There's going to be no sense. <laughs> Absolutely, could say whatever the hell you want with no repercussions. That's this Thursday. Then on Friday, Turnbuckle Throwbacks, Phil and Choppy, they're going to give you a throwback of WrestleMania 8 and um, that big event in the Hoosier Dome. Indianapolis Trim. It's yeah, a, it's a shame. <laughs> we, are, we are going through, we are going through all these WrestleManias and these buildings don't exist anymore. Um, you know, we got to get out of here so we can get some- that's right. Hell out of here. 
Hall of Fame post show at the conclusion of the night. And then, of course, all the programming on the course of the weekend. Full lineup available up on the website and, of course, on all our social media platforms. And that's that. Any final thoughts from you guys? Indianapolis trim. That's right. Hey, we're we're, we're going to do the, um, the uh, Triple A tribute show. Well, that would fall into the wrestling category that probably we'll talk about on Thursday, wouldn't it? Okay. Oh, and we're and I, and I I'm not going to gloss over the fact also that Mark Madden and Ric Flair are having a pissing match in public. Um, that is hilarious. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about that because oh, wow. I I think I think it's just absolutely just I find it an absolute joy to watch Mark Madden tear Ric Flair to shreds and Ric Flair try to tear Mark Madden to shreds. I know that's a tall order because there's a lot to tear, but still, um, it, it is just entertaining to watch those two fight on Twitter. So if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at their Twitters. They've been fighting since Sunday. Um, and that's that. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening live. Everybody listening on the download for Matt Squires, for Sir, for for Tony C, for Philip J. Rea. We're gonna legally change his this, birth certificate. This fucking guy. He <laughs> stands for Jickoff. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm Double A. We'll see you on Thursday, and uh, have a good night, everybody.